genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about last week's comics. Today, my name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here today with our collective coven of co-hosts, Sean Petit. Hey. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Mike. Hey. Our uh, top story today, because we only have one of them, is uh, Ten of Swords by Jonathan Hickman, Teeny Howard, Pepe Larraz, and a number of other really fine, talented folks. Uh, just uh, just a reminder, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read last week's books yet, we're going to spoil the heck out of them for you. So I'm going to give you some timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything you need to skip. Um, yeah. Is that is that everything? I don't have my script in front of me. so He did a great job anymore. without a script. Welcome back. I'm back, yeah, is well, the other welcome, good news. Welcome back. Yeah, Sean's a little buttered about it. But <laughs> Howdy, one week he I got a taste glory. taste of power and then lost it so quickly <laughs> taken away just so imagine quick. a like sitcom like thing where it's like adam at the beach and sean is in the background trying to get him to not come back yeah man just like, like talented, man. just like break like where'd that where'd that uh was there shooting just off in the corner yeah adam's the hero at the beach man yeah. he flexed so, yeah, right so i'm back from the beach uh <laughs> it was kind of a bust because i decided to go to the beach on a week where there was Fucking five hurricanes in the Atlantic Ocean. Six, six, six. All at the same six, time? Was it the yeah. weather dominator? No, there was five Cobra. active tropical storms and hurricanes oh in the, the Atlantic Ocean. That is... That's too many. That's like the worst luck, That's right? one too many. too many. It, I, I can so deal many. with four hurricanes at four the same time. That's where I peak. But five is like, no, sir. Yeah, it's no fine. thanks. <laughs> But uh, I did manage to get some sand in some comics, and I nope. got some sand in my Kindle, and I think it's broken. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't that recommend sucks. doing that. That's that. But yeah, I read a lot of <laughs> cool stuff, man. Um, That's good. At least you had a good week to read. Did did any anything in particular stood out that you read? Um, I read Trashed by Durf Backdorf, which was incredible. Excellent uh, book, especially right now, considering you know how poorly the sanitation workers in this country are being treated like that book highlights how bad they have it anyway and then in like put a it good into, year yeah yeah, yeah. On, on a normal basis and the, yeah so i highly recommend anyone check that book out but um what cool. else did i read I, I finally got around to reading boys club which was just just charming oh it's I so charming loved it so uh i recommend boys club Bo- boys club is the the comic where pepe pepe the frog uh, was oh. kind of pulled out of and and abused and used and discarded. Thing. Well, he was but, okay for a little bit, but which I yes. also which I also recommend everyone check out the documentary "Feels want, Good Man." Yeah, uh, I want to check that out. The rise and fall of Pepe the Frog is excellent. I think it's on yeah, Amazon Prime. That's what led me to to finally get um, Boys Club, which was which is available on Comicsology Unlimited. Nice. Oh, nice, you've got that. Sweet. And but Sean, I think it's up your alley. It's very um, Bro-y. sophomoric. <laughs> What are you trying to say? <laughs> Just like a lot of really well-crafted dick jokes. I like how like, Adam was trying to like find a good way to say it in case he's just like, yeah, it's bro You'll love it, John. Like, it's <laughs> sophomore. It's sardonic. That's fine. But no, fine. There, there are some, some of the most well-crafted dick jokes I've ever seen. 
And I, you never, yeah, I'm a sucker for a good dick joke. We all know that. <laughs> Aren't we all really? That's uh, what else the play-doh of uh, dick jokes. I, re- I read Slaughterhouse Five, which you guys talked about, yeah, which was just brilliant. That's good. Um, I'm drawing a blank. That's on, a big, I've read that's a bunch a big of week. shit though. Yeah. Um, I read that book Sentient. Uh, that oh yeah, the Lemire Casey book. and RJ recommended. Yes, and that shit was good. That was really great. Um, claustrophobic, but very but great. I mean, mm-hmm. what what good uh, you know retro horror space sci-fi book slash movie isn't claustrophobic? Yeah, <laughs> and you really yeah in that really H.R. Geiger that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sentient was good. I've just been continuing my scroll through all of Doom Patrol. That's been a good time. It's been a yeah, good time. I, I, I read uh, a good chunk of the Gerard Way run of Doom Patrol. That's a good one. Which also, Weight of the Worlds Volume 1 came out this week. Uh, I should buy that. Yeah, so it's I'm very right good. right on the heels of that. Yeah. Um, I got caught up on Volume 1 of Sabrina, which I'm going to talk more about later. Cool. Nice. Uh, it's a big yeah, week. Just a ton now. of stuff. A bunch yeah. of other stuff. Like, I've read comics the whole time. Like, we couldn't figure out how to turn on or off the TV. It was like a really complicated, overly complicated system. So it's just like, <laughs> fuck it, who needs TV? I brought a whole backpack of comics with me, so... Perfect. Great comic. That's sweet. That is pretty good. It's a good time. So speaking of comics... Speaking uh, of... Well, I just have to say, happy Fall Equinox, belated Fall Equinox, everyone. Okay. It was yeah. It was on Wednesday... And I don't think that the comic witches, uh, I don't think it went unnoticed by yeah, them. Yeah, I don't it think did, so. Definitely did Because there were like six or seven witchy books, most of which we're talking about tonight. I was going to say, buckle in, because we're going to talk about all of them. It is and so witchy. And there's like parallel lines among them. Like they've, oh, they've yeah. been, yeah. They've yeah. been communicating a, with one another, for definitely sure. Definitely a theme this episode, <laughs> yes. for sure. Welcome to spooky season. Uh, so I'll, I'll cook it, kick it off. Um, I also practiced pronouncing this book. <laughs> For the past 48 hours. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can nail it. Autumnal? Oh, you autumnal. Forgot the, you forgot the the part, but yeah. The autumnal. No! <laughs> Nailed it. The Number one. I worked really hard, guys. And hopefully I just nailed the uh, the creator's name, too. Uh, so it's uh, number one by uh, Daniel Kraus, Chris Shahan, and Jason Wordy. Hopefully that is correct from Vault Comics. Um, it was fantastic. It's uh, you know, kicking off the season the the best way. So basically, we we start out the the book, and there's a kid, I don't know, eight or nine year old girl, and she is in the principal's office for fighting, and uh, her mom gets called in, and she's kind of, you know, joking around with her like while they're in the principal's office, and then proceeds to like take off her sunglasses, and she also has a black eye. <laughs> it's just kind of like, uh, fuck you, principal lady. I'm going to teach my daughter how to stand up for herself. And like, that's basically the entire interaction that they have. There's a lot of really good, like, back and forth there. I like how the And daughter- then they just skip town. Yeah. Like, yep. that's got to feel great to Peace, just like. Fuck you. Skip town on, like, their back rent and school yeah, said, and everything they said, else. They said deuce. I like how she just refers to her when she get the, the daughter gets in a fight. She refers to herself as. Mistress Explosion Destroyer. Yeah, exactly. That's like, when that's she like fantastic. has her episodes, and well, she's also she like, has an actual disorder. It's like what yeah. is it? Intermittent explosive disorder. Yeah, yes. I believe so. So it's yep. it's like Mistress Explosive Destroyer. 
Oh, like a, I didn't realize that's it's like the a, yeah, Persona, it's like a, yeah. a play on those words. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. Um, but yeah, like so, like basically throughout the conversation, you, you figure out that the daughter is on medication mm-hmm. to to try and like quell these things, but also there might be uh, apple doesn't fall far fall far from the tree kind of a scenario. I think it's a little uh, column A, column B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, little nature yeah, the versus apple nurture. doesn't fall far from the literal tree. Spoiler. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, so basically we find out that they're skipping town because the mom got a call earlier that her mother had passed away. and it seemed very estranged mother. Very estranged mother. Hadn't yeah. seen her since she was nine years old. And she's basically like, I'm not going to the fucking funeral. Fuck you. Like, I'm not. Oh, wait. I, I get the house. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. So like you find out through, through the course of the book that the mom had actually given the house to someone else and that person refused to take it. So they ended up contacting the daughter as like the next of kin mm-hmm. to, uh, to accept the inheritance uh, begrudgingly. And, you know, it, uh, they're, they basically take a bus down to, uh, what is it called? Comfort something or other? Comfort is- Notch. Comfort Notch. Home uh, of the prettiest autumn. <laughs> Little, yeah, little notch. idyllic town uh, that she does not remember being that idyllic. I actually and, have uh, a belt of the same name. Oh. Comfort notch. <laughs> That's the, the comfort notch is the extra hole you drill in when you get too fat, right? Oh, right. yeah. Uh, patent yeah, pending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's her hometown. It's her hometown, but she's like, I don't remember the hometown being like this yeah, at all. And this think, was not what I remember. I think it's because her mom was terrible. That seems to be the impression. I also I'm think getting. there's something going on in Comfort Notch that we are not privy to yet. That is true. Um, yeah, so yeah, she so left and they just planted a bunch of trees. They were like, all right. <laughs> so many trees. She's gone now. Trees. <laughs> make this place make it beautiful. pretty now. Um, <laughs> Plant me a forest. <laughs> so basically, they're walking through this teeny tiny town. I think it's only got like 3,000 people in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're looking at the trees, they're looking at the, the, like, the fallen leaves, and, like, the, the local gardener, like, snatches the leaf out of her hand. He's like, you stop that! And she's like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> it was a very weird interaction. It's like, that cat pee on it. It was like, okay. I mean, yeah, that's wh- good advice. Uh, I one time uh, got a flat tire in the fall and had to pull over and change the tire in a pile of leaves that I found out after the fact had a bunch of dog shit in it. Mm. I, I thought you were going to say poison ivy because that tends to be that a, been hilarious. That, yeah, that would have been on brand. Pattern, no, yeah. just just dog shit. That would have been hysterical. <laughs> dog shit's a close second. And I didn't find out until I got into the meeting that I was in a rush to get to, and I sat down and like everyone was like, "Do you smell dog shit?" And I was like, "No, I don't. <laughs> Not currently covered in it at all." Leaves are gross, like money. I like that you just pretended it didn't happen and of course. it ceased to exist. You, just, you go to <laughs> indignant nope. defiance. I'm just going to I'm just going to ignore my reality and it won't it's happen. Cer- yeah. It's certainly not me. <laughs> oh, you only started smelling it when I walked in the room? That's just a coincidence. Oh, you mean this poop? No, that's not. <laughs> my poop. Someone else brought that in here. <laughs> Who smeared this dog shit on my pants just now? It's like, does anybody else smell dog shit? No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me either. I was just checking. <laughs> you leave that alone. Leave it alone. Leaf it alone. Yep. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So so they're walking through town and they're getting a lot of like angry stares. A lot of shade. A lot of shade. And, and then oh, the daughter's Jesus. like, "Why are they looking at us, mom?" And she's like, "I don't know. Pick one. Tattoos, black eye. Uh, we we actually wear like regular people clothes. I have no idea what's happening." <laughs> um, yeah, the mom's got a great vibe. Uh, oh like- man, can I just say? That the relationship with this like mother daughter is like very on point for me and my mom. 
the just like take no shit. Yeah. I, I'm a strong woman that. that don't need no man kind of a thing. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. yeah. The only exception is that we are also exactly like my grandmother, who we were very close with. So like right. the the only thing that doesn't track is the like hatred between the grandmother and the mom. Mm. Um, and you can thrust into a hard town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so she gets to the funeral home and there's just flat out no one there. It's just like the mom in the casket and empty and she's like i thought like people in small towns go to like things like this where isn't there supposed to be like a green bean casserole like what the fuck like where is everyone and uh she also had on the phone demanded an open casket funeral she's like i don't give a shit how horrifically she died i mm. need to face that bitch one last time like yeah. <laughs> very insistent upon it yep um so it as the they didn't even get to have any of that funeral spaghetti. You know that I know, good right? funeral spaghetti. <laughs> Maybe like a Mexican spaghetti. lasagna or something the, weird, you know. The last time <laughs> yeah, it's got raisins in it for some reason. <laughs> did, wait, most, did you um, also watch Dead to Me cuz that's literally the joke in Dead to Me? Oh yeah, never mind, sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. I just I wasn't sure if that was a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> um but cuz that was definitely the reference I was making. But uh anyway, uh so, so, yeah, so the, the funeral director starts, like, locking the door, like, closing up. And she's like, wow, nice bedside manner. Yeah. And she goes over to the casket and she's like, fuck you. I, I, I want to look at your face. Opens the casket. And surprise, surprise, there's, like, leaves growing out of her friggin' eye sockets. She got folk hard. <laughs> she, yeah, you got folk hard. She got wicker man. Um, you got family treed, which also I got some family tree vibes uh, from, from this book as well. Yeah, there's definitely someone turning into a tree for there's sure. There's someone turning into a tree. Post-mortem though. So that's distinctly yeah, different. the creepy fucking thing was the kid nursery rhyme leading oh, to the Oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. That shit, like the, that vibe leading into the casket reveal, I was like, this is some like creepy fucking like what is about to happen here? Like I didn't like something weird and baby's creepy. crib opened wide. Daddy sends a pig inside, chomps and smacks and swallows down. Biddles scream, the only sound. Lightning thunder, axe and knife. Fifty whack, she takes a life. Fifty more, she takes another. Murderous now instead of mother. Head and hair and bone and blood turns stone and leaf and tree to mud. Watch your feet now. Watch your nose. Biddle, biddle. There uh, she grows. There and she the, grows. And the, the Same. chalk drawing that the kids did looks like it's someone turning into a tree. Woohoo! Spooky. Yeah, yeah I don't good... want to know what we just summoned. <laughs> well, uh, clearly one of us is going to die and turn into a tree. Obviously. Oh fuck! Not going to become a group. I don't know about now. you guys, but I'm going to good turns well, into trees. I, that's <laughs> what I, I've decided. I'm doing. I'm doing a tree. I'm doing a tree thing. They're just going to plant a tree on me, and then I'll just be a tree. Uh, but yeah, no, this book is super creepy. Fantastic for the season. Tis the season, you know. Light up, light a pumpkin scented candle. Also, the art is incredible. Like it's really cool. Don't let a, don't take our word for it. Uh, you should definitely get this book. But get it soon because it's also going for like thirty dollars on eBay. Rightfully Holy so. Fuck. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. It, it went out of control. And I read mine out in the rain. <laughs> well, at least it doesn't have sand in it. <laughs> yeah, I really like the aesthetic they use with the panels and like. Uh, some of the like the etchings around like when they're going through these stories it's like not it's like there's like chalk markings and stuff so it kind of builds this whole aesthetic with the leaves and all that stuff it's really eerie but very like fits with the theme of 
being autumn and it's the prettiest it's very, autumn very autumnal town. you yeah. might say mm-hmm. yeah. and i like this like it's a vault nightfall mm. branding so i wonder if there's like Ooh, more i didn't even realize that did they yeah. have a they have a horror imprint I, they might this might be one of the first books on it oh. which i hope it's cool that would be cool right That's i like that cool. yeah but yeah, I, really I like the color work in this book. It's got mm-hmm. this like really great like watercolor gouache kind of technique that I'm just a fan of. Yeah. <laughs> in it's general. A good, it's a good one. Yeah, this one gave me a lot of creep creeped out vibes. So I think I think it I think it hit the head on that you know, it just kinda nailed it. Like I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm in and I'm creeped out. Yeah, it really gets uh-huh. the, the pacing right of like mm-hmm. y- you don't do you like have a pretty normal story and then you include like one element that's like slightly offsetting and it's just this smoldering dread that builds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They did Absolutely. a really yeah, Absolutely. Before you know it, you just get wicked I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, this is gonna be like a normal story. I didn't because I didn't know much about it. I didn't read the solicit, so I didn't know what the like if there's gonna be a supernatural element, I mean, like, so I was like, oh, okay. You 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 read like the whole uh, like the the kid is you know passing her trauma uh, onto other kids, right. getting in trouble, and then the mom has a black guy. So like, there's totally comics that deal with that story right there and don't yeah. go farther. So yeah, yeah. it does it's, a really good job of both. Like exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a very different story until it wasn't, which is always fun i don't like being able to figure Plus, out Plus, i mean the real something... heart is trying to pronounce it clearly apparently yeah <laughs> that's apparently been our big struggle this week we've been giving casey vocal lessons on how to say certain words i even like i double checked with zach this morning and he's like <laughs> no i think it's autumnal and i'm like oh god no no I'm <laughs> and i had to google it and then the google has like the little like microphone that like the, <laughs> the voice like <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm certain it's autumnal. I tracked autumnal. down the person who invented it. I resurrected them. It's and I asked. Autumnal. It's all right. You summoned Sam Hain himself. He told you. Danzig, get out of here. It's funny because I mispronounced that, too. So there it is. <laughs> well, okay, then. You, yeah, you accidentally summoned Danzig instead of actual uh, Samhain. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, what am I, I? I feel like if you say Samhain, people don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but Sam Hain, people are like the fucking misfits, and you're like, yeah, sure, why not? Does, does he just promote Veronica to you? I'm like, here, watch my movie. Get out of here! I don't want to. I don't want to watch your movie, Dancing. Please, <laughs> the love of God. Then put a shirt on, for Christ's sake. It's been thirty <laughs> fucking five years. I don't want a botched boob job. Stop. <laughs> He's saving a fortune. All right, leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of stories about a, a single parent family moving into a witchy town. Well, wow. That is the, very specific of you. It's like it's not even a segue. It's the same exact car. Yeah. I mean, yeah it's the, oddly enough, it's the exact same plot with a very different vibe. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's oh, a very. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, this is An Unkindness of Ravens, number one uh, by Boom Studios. This is by uh, Dan Pinozian. Mariana Ignazi and Fabiana Mascolo. Wow. Just dove right into that yeah, one. I think you nailed name it. Name City. Whew. Hopefully that is it. a name salad. Anyway. <laughs> so this is uh pretty much the same vibe as uh as autumnal. It's uh, a single father and daughter move into his hometown. Like yes. they're moving back to his hometown. 
sounds very familiar. Um, <laughs> but uh, what the, the 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 twist here is? Well, the it's not a twist. The difference is the 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 mother and her sister were killed in a car accident that the dad was in. So yes. he has like a bad back. Um, she has. Well, I wouldn't say she has really trauma about it. She was just like, you know, I kind of vaguely remember them. I was yeah, three. She was, like, she's more worried three, about yeah. her dad. Like, it's more yeah. impacting him. Yeah. So they they move into town. She has her first day at school and sees a, a oh poster God. for a missing child that looks exactly like her. Like, yeah. exactly. Like, As take off the glasses and they're the same person. It took me, a, it took me five takes i was like that's the same person right like yeah. what the fuck is going on here yeah but then you just go be like oh hey well i get the reward i know i mean i know i know where she is i'm like, here i'm right here i found I me it. i did it yeah, <laughs> give me the money like, like creating a new identity for yourself in a new town yeah um yeah seriously so yeah so uh, apparently th- this girl's missing and there's like this whole like power dynamic in this school like there's this this group of of like popular mean girls and their friend their boyfriend who's like the entire football team and then there's this like group of witchy the craft girls that <laughs> yeah um, the, there's like the rich girls because they're like the the popular girls are like the the daughter of the people who like it's basically straight up own the mean town. girls it, it's straight up mean girls versus the craft yeah yeah basically. pretty much yeah. dude nailed it perfect that's a great way to put it yeah. the end but um, <laughs> apparently the missing girl is part of this this kind of witchy clique. They call them they call them the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And um, what's weird about it is, shit, I I got the names mixed up already. So the new girl's name is Wilma, and the missing girl's name is Waverly. Waverly, and these uh, Ravens introduce themselves as. Yana, Vicky, Zoe with an X, and Zyda. So they're like the last few letters of the alphabet, and they're missing a W. So, mm-hmm. yep. Well, she gets to just plop herself into this girl's life. That's how missing. very, how very Susie and the Banshees of her to pronounce uh, Zoe with an X. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess you can. It's. I mean, yeah. How, yeah. how very Susie of you. Right. Yeah, I feel like she was almost, it's like, there's like a weird thing going on because like, we have a lot of stuff with this very teenage, which like some Mean Girls first, the crap, which is great. Like they give the missing girl's locker to the new girl, Wilma, which everyone's like, well, that must mean something. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. And, and then there's like this glowing message on the inside yeah. of her locker that only she can see to like mm-hmm. meet us in the grove of birch trees, which like, yeah, she's like. Uh, obviously just... yes is the answer to that right yeah. <laughs> you can't ignore right. that and and then at the same time she gets an invitation from the mean girls uh yeah, to meet I like out of out front something. in the courtyard yeah and she's like well shit i guess i have to pick a side and and i think she chose wisely right. she's I gonna I did, would yeah. also choose i mean there's no there's no choice you know you go with the witches obviously right. well, she already she's... saw that the other ones were a bunch of dickholes so she's like fuck these dudes <laughs> like because she... <laughs> Like in one day, like you guys are the worst. So I'm gonna go hang out with these these cool witches. <laughs> right. So she goes and hangs out with the witches. Also, throughout all of this, she meets like some well-meaning boy who kind of like shows her around. Like that's mm-hmm. the Scarlets, that's the the Ravens, and you know, I think yeah, he he's the narrator essentially. He's telling us the reader how the school dynamics work. Yeah, that's great. it's 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 that standard trope. Every time a, a a new girl getting into a new school, there's always 
someone showing him around. Like the nerdy boy right. who doesn't have any friends either. Yeah. yeah. And she's the nerdy girl who doesn't have friends. It's going to be fun. <laughs> They're going to be happy together. Instant best friends. So uh, she, she ends up going, uh, meeting the, the witchy girls and... Mm-hmm. I guess we, we the the last page is kind of weird. Like we find out they're magical, I guess, Obviously. and the one girl can kind of see everything because she's got an eye patch. She's got a she's got a magic eye under her her eye patch. She's got a um. Oh God, I'm gonna forget his name from from Thor. Uh, it's Sif now, but Sight Beyond Sight. Oh, with Heim- her. Heimdall. Heimdall. That's yeah, she's got the Heimdall eye. Huh? Sight Beyond Sight is Thundercats. Yeah. Okay, whatever. I was thinking more Nathan like Summers because she's got the glow eye, but you know. <laughs> That's Thundercats. That's so good. <laughs> I mean, it's probably also Thor. I just, oh, I just no, think of Sight No, he says something like that. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's something worded similar. Yeah, it's like Sight, sight of All the Realms or something like that. Yeah, these two books, though, like you said, out of like, you had a, the daughter, the mother and the daughter going to the uh, in the autumn town. In this one, you have the father and the daughter going to the hometown. But like, as soon as they get there, the vibe is like so different. Yeah. yeah. It's but so- also, this uh, this single mom and daughter and single dad and daughter need a uh, a Brady Bunch situation to happen. <laughs> I mean, so we just honestly, need to get the unkindness of autumnal ravens. Is oh. that what we need? Cross yeah, I mean. It's funny too because I read these two books back to back, and the whole time I'm like, "Didn't I fucking just read this? Like, what?" <laughs> yeah, Unkindness of Ravens feels a much. It feels like it's going to be a little happier. Well, it's got yeah, it's got that like Sabrina, mm-hmm. the craft, a little bit of like it's got all those vibes. Definitely, like, definitely a higher, happier mood. Yeah, yeah it's also beginning. got a much cleaner art style. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, RJ was saying earlier, um, the first couple pages are sort of this history of this town and like Which how like... M- witches were murdered there and stuff. And yeah. it had this very like oil painty, gothic, kind of sore throaty kind of vibe about it. Mm-hmm. And then you turn the page and it's this like kind of Becky Cloonan slash Archie slash Val Halverson almost sort of art style. So. Yeah, it it goes right along with uh, Veronica Fish and your other witch book you're going to talk about today. Yeah, which I, we don't need to jump right into that. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 we'll do that. We'll do six other Adam, witch go books again. in the meantime. Yeah, we do need it. a palate cleanser. Another here. one. <laughs> what what other witchy books we got? Uh, I don't have one. RJ, I know, I, I know can... you do. <laughs> I mean, kind, I guess, yeah. Uh, so my my pick is um, Justice League twenty six. Uh, Dresses like dark twenty six. What's that to do with witches? It, it's a lot of witches. It's all witches. <laughs> it's dark. Um, <laughs> it's uh, written by Ram V, and the artist is Amon K. Nawopan, and the art colorist is June Chung. So it picks up right where the la- last one left off with Constantine upside down in a bar full of floating chairs and tarot cards, um, and. Madame Xanadu, who I guess I was hoping was in the issue, was just right there. So I was like, all right, well, that was easy. There um, she is. And she <laughs> talks. If there's tarot cards in DC, there's only one yeah. person. <laughs> she talks to uh, the uh, detective chimp, and he's got a sword, and she kind of drew a tarot card that was like um, a, a knight or whatever, and it was like it matched him. So she's like, I'll let you speak. You're better off. You're better than him. So. He cuts down Constantine and um, 
Constantine goes up to her and asks how they can just defeat the Upside Down Man. She's like, it's not that easy. It's like, of course not. You can't just, can't just do that. Um, <laughs> Obviously, he's the Upside Down Man. I, I love how you're casually mentioning names like Detective Chimp and Upside Down Man. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Would you rather we call him Bobo? I love, I love Bobo. He's great. <laughs> no, we call it, that's his name when he's at work. He's Detective <laughs> Chimp at work. Yeah. It's, right? it's awesome. I, I, it's I, all I, business. I yeah. love DC. Like, I know I hate DC, but I love DC. You just have a, you just, you would love Detective Chimp. You need to read more Detective Chimp things. I, I think you're right. <laughs> Bring, brings out brings out folder. <laughs> uh, let me just get to this detective chimp omnibus that I have sitting. I here. wish <laughs> they should do a shadow packed omnibus. Uh, anyway, uh, Xanadu does this whole spiel about um, you know differences between magic and tricks and illusions and like all this stuff and the basically the theme throughout the book that she kind of lays down right from the beginning is that the difference from magic is belief, is making someone believe um, that this is really happening, and that is their power. Uh, that is what's going to help them fight uh, their enemy. Yeah, because um, like, tricks, tricks are like a science. You can learn how to do a trick. Right. It's just about how to do it, but the magic is getting people to believe, believe the trick. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So they leave, and uh, Chimp was also told to get uh, a sorcerer, so he goes to Dr. Fate thinking that it's Kent, but it's not. Um, and the the new Dr. Fate, he's like, you know what? I, you're not going to... You have to take me. Uh, Kent's gone. Um, but, you know, I'm going to do well, because he's kind of, like, unsure of himself and, like, having an uh, identity crisis. Um, but, but he has a lot of belief in himself all right. of a sudden. So that's very good <laughs> for the theme of the book. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then they they go to Manbat who like just finished making the the formula for Swamp Thing and it's so good uh, Manbat <laughs> it's it's a shame it's Swamp Thing and not Man Thing like in in another universe Man it's, Man it's Manbat no Man the crossover I always wanted <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. Swamp Bat and Man Thing that's I the love Marvel it. team up oh my god <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So they they uh they talk about how uh Wonder Woman is kind of like the key to get over to um the uh, the other side and um I'm going to get confused with Excalibur and other world. Uh <laughs> yeah, seriously. And they are Tarot. very similar. <laughs> and uh anyway, uh so they talk about how like Wonder Woman like, you know, her power was uh being a key to get them over um and so Constantine kind of has this talk about how everything that's happened so far has kind of just been um, Zatanna's father's plan all along. And he's like, I have this key here. Would you believe it's Houdini's key? Um, and this, too, was a gift from Giovanni. So not only did he set up all this, uh, you know, getting them together as a team, but he also assured the means of them being able to get there and help Wonder Woman and Zatanna. So, yeah, it's almost like that, that like, die plot where it's, like, it's creating itself. Kind where, of, like, yeah. He, yeah, he knew, like, like 30 years ago or however long ago to, like, set up these things to make sure that this all happened. Yeah. So they, they get to the other side, and um, uh, that's Zatanna and Swamp Thing and Wonder Woman. Uh, Swamp Thing's, like, grown a whole garden, and uh, 
he's like, you know, this is kind of like the start of a new era for the other side. But then um, upside down, upside down man uh, comes comes back, and uh, we find out he's got a bunch of eyes on his chest. Which, that's, that's he got creepier. It turns yeah, out. Yeah, that's where his <laughs> eyes. Upside down out. eye boy. I was wondering. I, I was wondering <laughs> where his eyes were. I was like, I guess that's that's where they are. Um, <laughs> the same place where Beta Ray Bill's lips are. So he does a big explosion, and then uh, Detective Chimp, like they kind of show up. They like end game themselves, where they show up like just in time to make this big shield. Um, yep. And uh, the cavalry has arrived. Right. <laughs> and then they talk about they talk uh, they do Madame Xanadu's thread about belief, and they talk about like how belief is how Constantine was able to get there and Swamp Thing. Um, was like uh, how Doctor Fate was able to keep the Parliament of Trees alive, and just how they belief has like kept them all uh, together and here now, uh, and that that's the problem with Upside Down Man. And um, so they have this huge battle, and Upside Down Man, being as powerful as he is, just kind of was like, you guys are just all talk. So he, And then he shoots a, like a beam through Constantine's chest, and that's where it ends. It's just him in Zatanna's arms. Yeah, that's an intense ending, especially because um, th- at the very beginning with Madame Xanadu, she was, she was reading them their tarot, and like the first one was the night, which represents De- Detective Champ, and then the next one was the moon, which represents like their belief. And then the third one was, and like uh, Constantine's like, oh yeah, it's the fool. It's always the fool with me. You don't gotta tell me. And, uh, he ignores her, and she's like, no, not quite, and you see the death card laying oh, on the table. Boy. That's I'm not like, good. Ooh, you should have listened. Uh, which also I have gripe with, because the death card isn't always a bad thing in the tarot, but whatever. It was in this case. <laughs> it is in this case, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love how many tarot readings we're going to get in yeah, today's sure. episode. Yeah. At this least two. Of, this is one of, at le- yeah, it's one of many. <laughs> I'm sure there's more. This is such a witchy week. I fucking love it, man. I fucking love it. <laughs> I love this time season. of year. Fucking, I'm going to eat so much nutmeg in the next month or two. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Just inject it right into my veins, bro. Hey, it's going to make me- I bought $300 worth of pumpkin candles, okay? I am ready. That is too many. I also, I also oh started buying my Halloween costume. Oh boy! Uh, Wait, so, what did we decide your Halloween costume? Was? I'm not telling you now. Ah. If every, if you know, then you know. But I if you don't, you... I forget if I told I said on the episode. But uh, I'll we be in time. Willow Grove because Halloween's on a Saturday. So oh, cool! Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah, everyone, come check out my stupid Halloween costume because it's very relevant to the show. I'm uh, I'm working on some paper mache projects. Ooh! Because I, like I had a New York, New York Times subscription for a really long time that I recently canceled for uh oh my Lord. some pretty reasons. obvious reasons but um i have a shitload of newspaper lying around so might as well use it for something yeah are I you want, gonna be a transformer i want to make a giant <laughs> skull head and then giant uh skeleton arms oh, he's gonna be a change bot so i can like be deceptively big <laughs> neat i can't wait yeah, while i, I sit can... around on my couch and watch netflix because i'm not going anywhere <laughs> And come to the and you come to the shop because it's the only thing to do on Halloween. This right, year. Mm, I'm, I'm sure. wearing a mask. You know, sure. like I can't sure I can't wait to there. see people complain about having to wear a mask on Halloween. <laughs> also, like, like mine actually kind of comes with a mask, not exactly, but I can was, incorporate it very easily. I was, you know what? I don't even want to know that guy answer. who Never goes mind. around and coughs on my on. Snickers is going to be devastated. <laughs> I hate that guy. 
Screw that now, guy. This year, it's not going to be what's in the candy. It's going to be what's on the candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You're right. Yep. Family's Lysoling down the wrappers of... Oh, wow. <laughs> Sud- suddenly, Adam is very happy. He doesn't trick-or-treat. Yeah, seriously. Because he like just that. got hit with a wave of anxiety. I- I'm happy I don't have kids who want to trick-or-treat yeah. right now. Yeah. Because, like, that was, um, fuck all so that. My, uh, my coworker, George, he was talking about... Um, He's going to have like a bag of candy for himself because his kids are like right at the perfect age that they that they would start trick or treating. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have his own bag of candy. They're going to like knock on doors and like look at my costume and then he's just going to put his own candy in his daughter's bag. Yeah, that's, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna, we're like no thank you. We don't actually want your candy. We just wanted the act of trick or treating. <laughs> What's the fucking point at that point? <laughs> well, cuz the the best thing about trick or treating and I've said this for years is it's different than just buying a bag of candy because you buy a bag of candy and you get one brand of candy. When you go oh, trick yeah. or treating, you get all of the different well, kinds. Well, you do forget about the variety bag, but then at tops you get like five. So no, uh, my recommendation no. to him is going to be nice. to get like five different variety bags. Adam, you sound like you trick or treated like last at, year though. At a ten, as a ten year old, <laughs> you're getting a fuckload of free candy. No, but but you get you get the weird shit that you've never heard of. Is my point? Like you Which get is great. like the Necco wafers that you didn't think they still made. You, you know, get like just, just the off-brand cola ball. That like what the fuck is even that? I just always remember there was this guy at on my neighborhood who would give out um, king-sized bars with dollars Dude. wrapped around them. Holy That's shit! I know. That's awesome. Wow, you live in a rich neighborhood. Dude, just finding the house that had full-size bars was just like. Yep. Do you that li- was, RJ, was... do you live on Kingshead Island in Bob's Burgers? Is that where you live? <laughs> I, I, I have I have a great story. I don't know if I've ever sh- shared it on this show before, but um the first time I ever like lived in a house, like it was it was the house I had in college with all my roommates. It was that Halloween, I was like, we're getting full size bars. We're fucking doing this. We're gonna be that house. It's something I've always wanted to do. So we went and got full size bars. Got no fucking trick or treaters. Oh no. Ended up getting stoned and eating all the candy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Rewind to three hours earlier. I'm at the store. I'm buying the the bars of chocolate. I get outside. There's a group of kids sitting on the curb, like looking all sad. And I'm like, "What the fuck are you kids all sad about? It's Halloween. You should be out causing mischief." And they're like, "They won't sell eggs to anyone under 18." I was like, "That's awesome." I will be right back. <laughs> I go in the store, I buy like six dozen eggs, and I come out and I give it to these kids. And I was like, go fucking raise hell. Just stay away from my house. And they're like, well, what house is yours? I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking tell you kids where you live where I live. You got six dozen eggs. <laughs> Fast forward to three hours later, <laughs> I just finished eating all the candy I bought. There's a knock at the door. <laughs> I open the door with a bowl of empty candy wrappers. It's those same goddamn kids. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, you, did, uh... you give, did you give them more eggs? No, but we got... They gave them back. <laughs> because you... we didn't have any fucking candy. Because I ate it all. Oh my god. That's fantastic. You fucking made that up. That didn't happen. No, I swear to <laughs> that god that happened. Not how I thought the story was going to go. Yeah, I egged my own house. <laughs> and you know that's that's what I get for con- for contributing to the delinquency of minors. You, know? <laughs> you get for eating all the candy, really, is yeah, the that's only mistake really the you made. Well, yeah, you, you gotta have candy on Halloween. You I thought you were supposed that. to do it on the night before Halloween. 
No, yeah, it you, depends it, on that's what trick or treat means. If you don't get the treat, you do, you get the trick. Yeah, and I got tricked hard, dude. <laughs> you got double tricked. <laughs> double tricked. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. Oh, what a really tangent. Good. Sorry, I. The universe I, I, set I, that up. Yeah. Anytime sure. I get a chance to tell that story, I tell that story. It's, it's like a beautiful story. Best. You should make story. a comic that's about life. that. Honestly, that is great cosmic dominoes. It is. It's yeah. like it, it's 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 my it was my first lesson in magic always has a price. Yeah. And I didn't realize that that was the lesson I was learning, but yeah, there's a price. Oh my god, that's beautiful. I'm trying to figure out if I should. I have like the least witchy books. Of the yeah, week. you don't have any witch books. I mean, I'm Sean, going god to talk damn it. about Juggernaut. I could so. pivot, but then you'll yell at me. <laughs> um, because there was a witchy book I did like this week, but it wasn't necessarily um, one of my top picks. But Shadow Service came out; that was pretty good. Oh, oh yeah, yeah I good. forgot. I forgot Shadow Service and was Hidden also Society. one of the witchy books. I didn't. Oh, I don't read. I don't think I get Hidden Society. But yeah, Shadow Service number two came out. Just shout out real fast. It was good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's, we could have talked about like ten witch books. I could have gone right into Sabrina from there, but I'm going to hold off because it's this is enough of my voice on this show already. Agreed. I'm just wow. <laughs> it's like his first day back and he's just rolling over everybody. That was, yeah, that was so there. quick. You were just so ready to agree up. with him. Um, <laughs> this guy. All right. So I'll throw, we'll throw number one out here. How about that, guys? I've been like, been on a number one train. It's uh, Number ones are good. Number one, Miles to Go, number one. By B. Clay Moore and Stephen Molnar. Um, this one was interesting. Uh, <laughs> we get a kind of opening panel. Some more mother daughter to connect it back to the last, you know, two books me and perfect Adam talked about. Yeah, yes, go. We got we got some mother daughter. Um, the mother turns out looks like a, th- some twist of fate. Um, some sort of child assassin or mob enforcer or something because it opens up with her just like can you just tell us who did this we get paid more if we do and then the person in the chair is like what are you like 12 and she just blows his fucking head off just like well guess right. we're not gonna find out who did it but you're dead now so we still get paid so that's where the book opens i'm like oh all right kind of twists and turns from here um kind of find out the mom who's recently uh, divorced her appears well, it flash, to be it flashes forward to her being an adult uh, yeah, she's an adult sorry yeah, yeah she's fast yeah. towards adult um she is apparently since the day we saw the flashback not left the gym because she is she's swole jacked. yeah she is fucking diesel she's last of us too jacked yeah she is straight <laughs> Uh, Diesel in this, and it's all like it was not a reference I was I was expecting from Casey. <laughs> That's a good one though. Um, so it opens up. We have her. Uh, she's we don't really know much about her yet, obviously, but like she has a young daughter around the same age that she was in the flashback. Um, who who's got some sass on her, which is great. Uh, they have a very good banter, much like they did in the autumnal. Like that's a very similar vibe and relationship that they have. Um, we find out she's recently divorced, which appears her appearing <laughs> deadbeat potential husband doesn't potential doesn't really ex have, potentially ex husband. It seems like they're definitely going to be divorced, but he is not okay with it because she's clearly got a lot more. She's a lot more put together in this situation. So, uh, 
so she uh, god this is a weird book um so she goes and visits someone in the hospital and you kind of find out that this is the person that took her in and was they did all this shit together and he's basically yeah, a father like, figure and or actually her dad it's not entirely certain because they keep calling her uh of, her in, of indian descent and the dad is clearly white so either he's like an adopted father or adopted because yeah. if you read the back he's not uh, the father there's like oh, okay. dossiers in the back if you got oh yeah got I, didn't, I didn't have time to read the dossiers yeah. so that kind of fills in those gaps yeah so it's kind of like an adopted we're not sure what happened to their parents it seems that this she may have been part of some kind of government project that accelerated growth and kind of created prodigies in certain areas and her she may be a prodigy and just murder mm-hmm. so we're not sure yet they're kind of talking about the old days and he's like Yo, you're young. Stop fucking worrying about it. You got plenty of time to figure all this shit out. It's like, okay, like you suck at giving advice, but I, I get, I get the idea. Also, she's kind of heartless because she's, he's, she's literally like talking to him on his deathbed, and she's yeah. like, I can't figure out my relationship, Pop, and he's just like, I'm fucking dying. I don't yeah, hear he about this shit. Yeah, he was not shit. having any of it. <laughs> Go be happy. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with you? And because of the potential government involvement, there seems to be some government cleaners that are coming, that are kind of right behind her and kind of are tracking her in a way. They end up um, identifying who she is, um, but there's a, another, there's just this other random guy who gets a phone call, basically is just like, okay, this guy, he's dead? Uh, all right, cool. You see him, he's got like a dossier on the mother. And he just gets in his car and drives. And the next time we allegedly may see him is him opening up the door and there's a, a gunshot and that's where the issue ends. Well, you also missed the part with the... So so the, there's like two federal agents that are that are tracking not, her. Not trying to give it all away, Casey. But yes. <laughs> it's a pretty a, crucial part of the book. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said there's a Secret Service like cleaner crew that identifies her from being in the hospital. But also, they follow in behind her and murder her dad. Uh, yeah, because they're the cleaners. <laughs> yeah, well, that's but he grabs, I know that they're cleaners, but that's. <laughs> well, yeah, they do it poorly because he's like he's an old man, but he fights back, and they were not expecting it. Yeah, uh, at all, and so like... they make it look like he like fell in the bathroom. Yeah, but, but anyway, so the issue kind of like there's a lot that happened here. She was very clearly a famous child because there's like a news article of her with like a freaking like AK-47 with the the guy that the the father figure would say dad for lack of a better term but I don't think it's her dad but because I think she was part of this she was like the inaugural child in this program and she has she had issues with like beating up kids and stuff there's like a whole whole thing in the back so it's a I don't know if they killed the mom in the first but I have no idea so like it was yeah they they very might very well might have murdered the mom in the very was, first issue yeah so you have this uh i kind of like the government conspiracy part i liked the dynamic again we talked about the mother-daughter dynamic i thought it was a it was a good way to show um like too often you see the the other like you know the the, the woman or like whomever the one partner the non-male partner is always the one that's struggling in divorce, but she's got the shit together. Like she's running the show. Like she's the str- very clearly mentally and physically strong one. <laughs> like it's a very different vibe. Um, I'm curious to see what it goes again. Cause you have a government conspiracy of all these 
double agents. There's NSA bullshit going on. Like, there's a lot happening. So I, I'm curious to see how this unfolds. It's a good book. Yeah. Good number sweet. one. I, like the, I think this I like is an Aftershock book. It is an Aftershock book. Man, number one, Vault Aftershock. They're robbing me. I'm just yeah. going to have all these. Not robbing me, but like, man. I'm hopping on all these new titles every week. I'm gonna have all have all these extra books I'm buying. You're gonna have a whole <laughs> short box of just number ones. Yeah, num- vault number ones. I'm gonna have a whole box full. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a good number one. Definitely stood out as far as tone and vibe for the rest of the books that we're talking about this week. <laughs> it was very different, but it was uh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well. Back to the magic train. Ugh, fudge. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wind Wonderful. number four oh, by yeah. uh, James Tynan the fourth. Wait, there's and... magic in this? <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, Michael Dialinus. <laughs> oh, you didn't know? Um, oh, John oh, lives in I the missed... city. I must have missed that part. <laughs> not, not necessarily witches in this one, but definitely magic. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, if, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, this whole book is about... Uh, uh, magic is illegal in this like little small fantasy town, but our main character Wind is uh, a a weird blood, as they call him, a uh, derogatory term. And um, he's got magic in him. He's got magic in him. He's got little pointy ears. So we find ourselves with uh, the king, the would be king, and his boyfriend, and our main character Wind and his um, adoptive sister, and they're on the run from the magic mercenary that's uh, that's out to kill them um mercenary bandage of man bandage man not to be confused with upside down man <laughs> not to be confused with upside down man and and he is one's not got of magic he just hates he hates <laughs> magic sorry one's got uh, and one's upside down <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like uh, like think christoph waltz in inglorious bastards but he's after magic but he also and, has and, stock in and, johnson johnson gauze yeah, he's, yeah, it's it's Christoph Waltz plus <laughs> negative man. Um, but yeah, so so they're they're escaping through um the 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 town that they that they live in is all um but it's pipe town. So there's the, everything is like the the massive river is contained in a pipe, and we find out the reason why is because they didn't want the water getting tainted by the raw magic that exists in the forests. So I thought that was really cool. It's a little bit mm-hmm. more world building. Um, so they're going through the the Pipe River to try and get to um, a different town. Uh, I think it's like Northport um, where they can be accepted or they, they could at least like escape to freedom a little bit. Yeah. Um, so but as they're going, they figure out that the bandage man is like right on their fucking tail. So they they like climb out through one of the little um, like escape ports and uh, they're just kind of like rolling through the forest escape and ports. they just happen to accidentally run into their contact. And their contact is this, like, crazy dragonfly lady. Uh, Who's I think dope. her name was Gwendolyn, or is that right, RJ? Uh, yeah, Lady Gwendolyn. She's a general. She, she was yeah. dope. She's yeah. the best. <laughs> I love her so much. Yes, she is, she is the best. Yeah, because, like, she is just immediately, like, the matriarch. Like She, she like, just... finds out the one character's mom dies, and she just hugs her. And was like, I understand. I was like, oh, my God. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, "What? What's wrong with you?" Like, well, oh, she's like, "Where's the woman?" And she's like, "Yep, hug, bring it in." Yeah, um, bring it for the and, real thing. And Let's basically, like, there's all these like little magical creatures that are like sneaking up on them, and they are so fucking cute. Like, they are they are the um the the like wood wooden sprites from a uh 
Oh God, was it from a Ghibli movie? Was it uh, uh, Spirited Away? No, it no, was Princess, Princess Mononoke. Mononoke. Yeah, they're those little things, like times a thousand, because they're like little <laughs> colorful and cute. Um, it's like those also- mixed with the the child mutants from Mutant Town and TMNT. It's like it's a exactly like that. Yep. Nice. Um, and they're all like terrified of them because they think that they've been you know taught by their culture to think that magic is evil and it's gonna taint them. And they're just like Gwendolyn's like. No, they're just curious. They'll, they'll they'll stay away if you like light a fire. You'll be fine. Like stop freaking out. Um, <laughs> so you know, over the course of it, she kind of like ends up talking to Wind and and you know discussing where they need to go and like the history of magic and like you know what you've been taught is evil. You know, like that's there's so much more to the world than like this small little perspective that you've been given, and like mm-hmm. you're not you know, wrong for being who you are, you know, that whole conversation. So that's really cool. Um, and then they kind of get out to the port where they were going to catch a boat, like a, like a small ferry out to um, this like larger vessel so that they were going to take to get to the North Port. And it is just like swarming with cops. Like they're like, well, that's not going to mm, happen. Whoops. I like, I like how that's how you put it. Even in a fantasy book. It's, it's so cops. Good. I love it. I love it. Cops are always cops, no matter where you are. I just had this mental image of like we're walking through like a mystical forest and then there's just cop cars. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm picturing a very different scene than I like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, they got us. Um, But uh, but basically, you know, luckily she's a dragonfly lady, so she's like, okay, well, I can I can fly you out. But I can only do it one at a time. So it's going to take a little while. So they kind of had this little squabble. Um, there's also this whole time the the um, the king's son, like the would-be king, is just being a little shit. He is like the he's just, I he's just, just I wanted to punch him. Yeah. So He's badly. definitely a very punchable person. But at the end of the... Because he's got this like entitlement of like, I'm doing this to save people like you, you stupid weird blood. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, you're kind of you're missing the point a little bit there, bud. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, so they have this little squabble over who's going to go first because the king, the, the king's son is like convinced that he's there. She's going to drop him or they're going to die or they're yeah. going to like, you know, like, so, um, the sister, um, offers to go first. She's like, fuck you guys. I'll go. Um, so they leave, uh, it's wind, the gardener and the, the prince are Thorn, all. Thorn, right? Is that his name? Yes. Thorn. Yeah, I believe. Or, uh, or Mr. Beefcake. Mr. Beefcake Thorn is Beefcake. a much better name. Um, so yeah, basically. As they're all standing around, you know, the king continues to just be just the fucking worst. And Wind just, like, lays it out for him. Yep. And he's like, yo, dude, like, that woman that you're talking about, that was my mom. And she died to save us. And also, like, the, the you know, the bandage man showed up and killed, like, like, dozens of people that were just trying to better themselves. So, like, how about you have a little bit of fucking respect and shut the well, fuck up? Well, also, he's like, oh. it's his fault because he was trying to escape. And it alerted yeah, so, so the king's men were like looking yeah. for him, yeah. and then they they found this like underground society of like quote unquote weird bloods. So yeah, like it's like yo, it's your fault. You and the king like the the prince literally didn't know, so he's just like he gets a he gets a vibe check real fast. Yeah, big time. Uh, <laughs> he needed one though. He needed he, one. He definitely needed one. Um, so wind basically just like walks away to go like cool off, and um, then the cutest moment in the book happens. Mm. It's so sweet. He finally gets to talk to his crush, Thorn, the beefcake. And he has this really, like, he'd been holding back, and he's basically just like, 
I go up in the watchtower every day and I watch you go on your run and I just really wish that like, you know, I, I was normal because then I would like ask you out to dinner and then like maybe, you know, you would tell me about some flowers or like some trees and it's just like, oh my God. Like he just kind of like spills out his yeah, guts he just, to like, him. He couldn't hold it in anymore. He couldn't. And he's just like doing it with like tears in his eyes and it's so fucking sweet. And, um, you know, the, the, the beefcake kind of changes the subject and like tells him about a flower and he's like oh you know what that is that's like it's a winter rose and it like it only grows in like the harshest conditions and it's beautiful and like you know like Chen changes the subject to kind of lighten the mood a little bit and then is basically like you know but it's also kind of not changing the subject because that's kind of exactly what wind wanted yeah yeah exactly you know it's, it's a very apt he's a very kind-hearted person yes. yeah. like he understands like he wants to make people happy and, and and then he even, like, kind of apologizes for, you know, the, the, prince, the prince being a dick. You know, it's like, he doesn't know any better. He's just kind of entitled and locked in his own little echo chamber, and I'm the only one that talks to him, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, so they go through all that, and Wynn's like, you're really nice. Do you want to have dinner? <laughs> and he says yes. Like, like, we'll have dinner on the on the boat. And it's just this cute little moment that's, like, fucking fantastic. I was like, it's the roller coaster ride of emotions in this book. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, but then... You know, the prince rolls up, rolls up and he's like, yo, the king's men are here. And he's like, okay, uh, the bandage man can, like, smell me. So, so I'm going to go. go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go run off and uh, distract them. I'll, I'll circle back. I'll, meet, I'll, I'll be back. And Beefcake is like, yo, like, that's really dangerous. Like, don't you, like, I don't want you to go alone. Like, are you going to be okay? And he's like, you know, you, were, you treated me like I was normal, for, like, even for just a couple minutes. That's all I ever needed. And mm-hmm. he's just got, the, like, the confidence to just go off and, like, save the fucking day. Yeah. And that's how the book ends. It's so good. Uh, like, yeah, this, this book continues great. to be fantastic. It's, uh, it's a total, like, you know, queer allegory, as I mentioned multiple times. But I also found out yesterday. Yesterday was, um, on top of being the uh, autumnal equinox, it was also by visibility day. So uh, James Tynan, like, had a whole thread um, about his queerness. Uh, I didn't even realize he was bi. And it, like, is kind of just right there in the book, if you really think about it. Yeah, yeah. This is, like, one of the best queer books that exists. I just thought it was being written by, very well, by a a straight dude, and I was mistaken. Um, And, yeah, it was, it's, yeah, it's super good. Uh, Highly recommend this to everyone. It's truly a, it's a delight. Yeah, it's, it really is. Every issue has been wor- worthy of talking about. It's it's very good. Absolutely. And the um the writer um the talked to us on Twitter, or not the writer, the um the artist talked to us on Twitter mm. uh briefly last time we talked about it and yeah. um uh, mentioned to us that although the mini series is ending soon, I think it's only 5 issues, he said that it's going to be a trilogy. So oh, That's dope. Oh, yeah. Cool, so cool. like yeah, like there's so much more to tell of this story, so like don't be af- don't worry when this yeah. arc is over because there will be more. That's awesome. Yeah, it's well, super. I cool. mean, I'm I can't really imagine that. it ending there. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. there's one more issue in this, I believe. I want to say it's five issues. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's uh, five oversized issues too. Yes, like, they so are. Like yeah, we're not they are getting beefy. Content either. Oh yeah, these yeah. are these are beefy boys. These issues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Much like our beefcake thorn. Ooh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. I call yep. him like I sees him. A man's a beefcake. <laughs> is he a himbo? Can we call him a himbo? Oh, yeah. He's a total himbo. For sure. What's a himbo? Mm. I don't know what that It's is. exactly how Just it go- sounds. Yeah, exactly. It's a bimbo, but it's a him. Himbo. 
Oh, that's actually, that's fantastic. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I love that. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, Go by and read Win. It's, it's awesome. That's what I'm going to say about that. Mm-hmm. All right, who else has got a magic book? I, I do. <laughs> of course you do. There it is. <laughs> we're, so, just, uh, we're just making things up at this point. So just yeah. really leaning into the whole uh, high school age witch book, uh, Sabrina the are. Teenage Witch, Something <laughs> Wicked, number three, uh, by <laughs> Kelly Thompson and Veronica and Andy Fish. Hmm. This book is so friggin' charming. It's also <laughs> friggin' gorgeous, yeah, it's man. I can't get over. Beautifully, beautifully drawn and rendered. Um, the, the colors are just they're so like bright and like they pop but it's also like very witchy and halloweeny at the same time there's like a lot of purples mm. and 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 oranges and like dark blue I'm going to call this a uh, pastel witch yeah yeah <laughs> neon witch there it is neon it's it's witch. more of a like neon cuz it's got it's kind of that neon. glow about it mm mm-hmm. mhm but it's great. It's such it's such high school drama, but at the same time, like really dark and spooky stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So, uh, it, we we open up with the last issue. Uh, Sabrina finds out that a whole forest had burned down, uh, because of the spells she was casting. So that's kind of her big lesson in magic: always has a price. Mm-hmm. It's a very common theme that we like to talk about. Good. Yes, but she was like, I, I, I knew magic always had a price, but I didn't realize it was, it could be this steep. And this book, there's kind of, um, f- since volume one, been this underlying theme of every time she uses magic as kind of a shortcut. There's this little tinge of guilt behind it, like it's it. They almost treat it like a drug that she's abusing. Like, oh, I can mm-hmm. just take one now and like I can stop anytime and like it kind of snowballs and then the cost of all that kind of catches up to her. So For sure. I kinda like that about this where like like magic is kind of this it is a crutch and like you have to use it knowing that it's a crutch. But um having found that out, she then uses a spell to make herself invisible so she can spy on her aunts who are in the middle of casting a spell. So it's like... Who are in the middle of trying to, like, save her friends, too? Right. Like, she thinks that they caused the problem. Well, that's... Yeah, so. she, she's spying on them to find out if... Because, uh, like, uh, her her boyfriend slash on-again-off-again boyfriend and her frenemy, who are brother and sister, are the Wendigo, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, she's trying to figure out how that happened and, and suspects her aunts, but then, yeah, they're, they're just there trying to, like, save the town. It's pronounced... Like, well, Wendigo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, so she doesn't she's kind of at a point right now where she doesn't know who to trust. Um she doesn't know if she can trust that friend that she's she's been visiting who runs the witch shop out of the basement of the all year Christmas store, which I still think is fucking great. Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, so she's spying on her aunts and uh, there's this cute little thing where Salem can't really see her but he kind of knows something's there and like it makes the hair on his back stand up like 
It's cute. Which is what I assume every time my cats are just looking at something and reacting to something that isn't there. It's just like, oh, it's a ghost. It's a teenager who made herself invisible who's walking around in your house. Always. It's always that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so what? The, uh, there's this kind of, this hint, when she cast that spell, she accidentally spilled some stuff, some of her like herbs and whatnot, on this piece of paper that she had the names of that brother and sister Wendigo team written on. So, like, that may have tainted that a little bit. It's a big old whoopsie. Yeah. Be careful with that. That's how you get Ninja Turtles. (laughs) That's how you get Powerpuff Girls. Yep. Exactly. Right? Like, accidentally spilled some Brand X in there. (laughs) (laughs) So we we go back back to Sabrina at school, and... It's this is where the the kind of high the high school bullshit comes in that I really love about this where it's just like she she kind of almost breaks up with Harvey because she just doesn't have time for him and she's they're both kind of sick of her excuses about it and then she almost forgot about this Netflix date she made with her best friend and so she's she's kind of trying to juggle these two lives this uh witch trying to save the town life and this i'm also a teenager who has like papers due and friendships to keep together vibe happening so she tries she tries to to visit that friend who works at the 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 christmas store after after school and like decides against it and then ends up getting home late for this netflix date with her friend and has to like try to act normal where while at the same time Oh yeah, her her trying to act normal was very bad. She's like, Yeah <laughs> Yeah, like her aunt's like, Would you like some hot cocoa? She's like, Yes, I would like that very much, please. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it is adorable so, though just, like, when they're wa- I love I love the, the like there's like a panel where she's just slurping and they're all kind of like side eyeing her. <laughs> I'm just like, uh like, what, what the fuck is your problem? Has gotten into Sabrina. <laughs> Um, it's adorable when they're watching the movie, though. Yeah, they decide to watch a horror movie, and they're both, like, super scared by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, like, different panels of them, like, cutting to, like, different reactions. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's cute. This book is so... Yeah, I can't say enough about the art. ...fucking cute. <laughs> but, uh, but she gets a phone call from Harvey, and she has to step outside for a minute to, like, try to fucking fix that problem while also still trying to participate in hanging out with her friend. And while she's outside, she gets like grabbed by some sort of root monster and pulled into the woods. She got evil deaded. Yeah, she got well, almost evil deaded. Uh, this is still <laughs> not quite, it's not quite that far. This is still a uh, PG-ish kind of book. PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> um, a pair of hands grab her and pull her out of like this hole that she was getting dragged into, and it's Ren. It's the um, the brother of the girl who's a Wendigo, and he's like half wendigo he's got like the antlers and the claws and he's just like i think i need your help and that's where it ends <laughs> i don't think that's a world Yeesh. wendigo is antlers i don't know man my cryptology is is weak hmm. my cryptozoology <laughs> isn't what it used to be when digos have antlers they do <laughs> yeah when digos when digos do I mean, wendigos don't some, sometimes but wendigos um, are like cannibal sasquatches uh, no, they definitely got antlers. Some, to, sometimes they do. According to the Google. According to the Google? Every when I just, yeah, I looked at The Googs? Yeah, I think. Yeah, the it looks g- like when do, they have some sort of bone coming out of their head. Hmm. Whether they're antlers. 
or just appendages. Yeah, I don't, d- don't don't let Marvel's portrayal of Wendigo let, fool you. It's not always just Sasquatch. <laughs> but I mean, that's not my only source. <laughs> I didn't mean you. I, I meant the royal you. Well, it wasn't calling you out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, that guy's gonna be a Wendigo soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it. I just I love this book. It's it's such like they they marry that storytelling of slice of life, teenage angst and like super witchy magic so well together. And the magic is like it holds up. Like it's it's not like this cutesy mm. um, It's like actual like yeah, it's not it's not quite Stop. as uh as dark as Chili Adventures of Sabrina. There's no like blood sacrifices yet, but it's, but it's like it's still not honest far off. on the on yeah. the, the the magic side of things. There's a heaviness to it. I say PG thirteen specifically because of, like the heaviness to it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a nice it's a nice middle ground between like the Archie's Digest Sabrina and the Chilling Adventures Sabrina. It's Right in the middle of that road. Nice. Cool. Yeah. A very now, magical road. Does now does the does the gym of Sidorak count as magic? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have it though. <laughs> I guess yeah, this this book is distinctly lacking in magic. <laughs> so I guess that's my go. I was, saying, was that was that a transition, Casey? That yeah, was. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> so I have Juggernaut number one by Fabian Nicieza and Ron Garney and Matt Miller. Um, this is tangentially X related, sort of. I don't know. <laughs> X adjacent. Yep. Ooh. So we start with. Um, this opening page of it's a, a mystic gem, a force of overwhelming power. Nothing can stop the juggernaut except himself. Another building falls, another building falls, another building falls. Keen Marco is done letting others pick up the pieces of the things he has destroyed. And I, uh, I read that and I was like, well, that is immediately heavier than I thought anything involving the juggernaut was going to was going to be. That is instantly <laughs> the most character development he's ever had. Yeah, I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised by this. Um point. so it opens up on him uh getting a building crushed on him and it tur- and uh turns out that he's doing um demolition for damage control, which is like the company that is hired to clean up after superheroes and they've had books um, they've had uh, miniseries written by themselves, written, uh, and they're great. I love Damage Control. They don't get enough love. Uh, they really don't. And, uh, so, yeah, he's just been doing demolition stuff for them, and, uh, they take care of a building, and then he kind of gets, uh, hit with a, with some kind of blast, and they're, uh, trying to figure out where it came from, and then he comes up Upon, uh, I guess it's like a group of teenage squatters. Um, yeah, because like basic, yeah, because like they're talking about like the de- they're they're demoing all those buildings and like they're like we got to be careful because yeah. there's kids living in these buildings and then that's what, like they pop up. Yeah, and uh, so this girl um, like kind of jumps up in the air and throws a blast at him and she's like you know get off my lawn and um, <laughs> we find out her name is D Cell 
And uh, so when she, when she's like blasting him, their powers kind of, I mean, it's the Juggernaut, so like it's just unstoppable momentum. So his power kind of just negates and reflects hers. So she gets pushed. Yeah, because her power is like kinetic energy, right? I think well, it's so. Deceleration. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So it's so it's literally She's able counter, to control kinetic forces. So it's yeah, yeah, literally counter to his. It's um, an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. Yeah, it's just the it blob, really but as a small girl who with powers. <laughs> yeah. So like she she can she has like this temporal control, like she can make things slow down. Okay. Yeah. And Juggernaut's whole business is that he can't be slowed down. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. So she gets like thrown into uh, debris, and um, he he's like, "What what's wrong with everyone? You gotta help her because there's like people just watching and like recording on a phone." <laughs> and um, so he like takes he uh he uh like rips the stuff off of her and takes her to the hospital, and the nurse is like, "You know, you're not family, so you don't need to stay." And he ends up staying through the night and taking care of her. Um, and when she wakes up, he's, he's like, you know, you, you know, if you are immune, you, I can get you to Krakoa where the mutants are and keep you safe. Um, but she, you know, she's not immune. Um, she just kind of had a, had a science accident, I guess. Right. That's mm-hmm. what she says. There, um, I mean, those are like the only two things right. you get in Marvel. You get um, mutant powers or science accidents. Yeah, we're not really clear. She just keeps saying she's not a mutant, which yeah. I still think she might be. She's... She straight up says science accident. Oh. Shorter story, science accident origins happen is literally just her backstory. I missed that. But, uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, she, so she wakes up and turns out that she's like popular, whatever Marvel's YouTube is, and uh, that like their <laughs> fight went viral um, so that she wants him to do more videos with her and um he's like that sounds not like me at all sounds kind of like a superhero which i'm very not yeah. and uh then she holds <laughs> up a picture of the hulk um and he's like well yeah but that looks like you know something you should take care of so the next issue is billed <laughs> as a juggernaut versus hulk fight which is the only one i can like the one that's burned in my brain is the world war hulk one where they're fighting on a yeah. dock and he just sides and Hulk just sidesteps and uh, Juggernaut runs off a pier because that was the only way he was gonna lo- he was gonna win. Ah, uh, just Matador <laughs> style. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, That's awesome. So it's, it's interesting. There's a few things in this book, such as uh, you know him ripping the rubble off of her and staying in the hospital and like keep he keeps mentioning Krakoa and like helping her if she's a mutant. That are like these really interesting character development lines for him of like him being a genuinely caring person and um it's it's really it's cool i mean like there there's few they've tried to do this with juggernaut before they've brought him on the x-men and new excalibur and a few different things and they've kind of trying to kind of uh kind of try to um flesh out his character more and it's not that it's not fleshed out it just it needs this also it needs uh someone else to take the reins and to do this so he needs a teenage girl sidekick like wolverine yeah he just needs to become wolverine essentially (laughs) perfect um (laughs) oh and there's also this uh flashback of 
like picking up the events after Uncanny X Men from when Magic took the gem out of him and sent him to Limbo. Oh he, yeah, uh, yeah. That was I was gonna ask you about he, that uh, because I I had fallen behind on the the um uh, Matthew Rosenberg. Run, and he got so. that was from a while back. It, yeah. So in yeah. the flashback, he like gets stuck in Limbo and takes this. He can't without the gem. He he's not strong. So he's starting to like wither away and he takes this rope and like kind of entwines it through the holes in, of his armor and drags it. And um, he reaches this tree and the and it turns out that he has to like give something up in order to return to our world. So he gave up the armor, but he has this new armor and she's like, well, what's with the new armor? And he's like, it's a long, long story. <laughs> um so there's a few interesting plot threads that like I kind of hope they touch on like I hope they touch on the armor war which I definitely think they will. And I also kind of hope that they talk about the fact that almost everyone in like involved in his life is on an island just you know doing the thing and he's not there. Um yeah, that's that's the most fascinating part to me is that like he's the one of the few non-mutant like X-Men characters. Like he is an X-Men character, but right. he's just, I mean, they like, have not allowed. They, they have <laughs> human people on Krakoa, so but so yeah, but have to but bring like, him. but since he's like typically known as villain, I don't know if he'd be one of those few humans that Krakoa accepts because Krakoa has to make the final call at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, he was last a hero, so I don't know. We'll figure. It out. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure. I'm sure that will be covered in this book. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, if they can sure. welcome Shaw, they can find room for Juggernaut. Or uh, Omega Red. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Empath. Yeah. I mean, shit, Shaw has a seat at the fucking table. Like, yep. Yeah. I'd rather... You, know, you gotta keep your enemies uh, close. Yeah. Plus, he, you know, can't go to any Dazzler concerts, and that's probably what he really wants to do. I mean, that's what right? I want. Yeah. Well, I want to go to the Tiki Bar. Yeah, dude, I <laughs> would spend so much time in that bar. uh but yeah this is a perfect transition into our big pick of the week unless anyone else has anything else did we get there i don't want to talk about a second book but it's fine i'm just kidding wait didn't you did you go you didn't go i'm so sorry go Go ahead talk about x-men i won't stop no go ahead the train i I forgot i gotta have a talk about a non-magic book if you guys want (laughs) but i don't have to yeah no, uh, leave. Yeah, this is a magic podcast now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll do this one quick so we can talk about X-Men. Don't worry. <laughs> For everyone still listening, X-Men's coming. Um, Daredevil number 22 came out this week. <laughs> oh, it's your With favorite book. Favorite book by our favorite guy, Chip Chippery, Chip Chippery, Chip Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> I hope that sticks. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but it's fucking great. And I loved how many nicknames you guys came up with him in like a very short period of time last week. Yeah. Zdars. I like I liked, uh, like Chippy Z and obviously the one Casey or Jimmy Olsen <laughs> throwback. Uh, with Francesco Mobili and oh boy, Victor. Alizaba and Matteo Ayacano. They're all listed here. That's, that's everybody. A, that's a name salad. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a name salad. And they're different names than I was used to, so that threw me off because it's not <laughs> uh, Marco Ticetto, uh in this arc. So that, that's why I was confused. He's on a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, so I could kind of wrap this one up pretty quick. There's a few cool... 
this is a lot of this book is is now about like uh daredevil's now been arrested he's paying for his quote-unquote crimes um it's not quote-unquote he murdered a guy (laughs) (laughs) quote-unquote murder it wasn't it's fine yeah, someone died when he punched him. It was an accident. We'll it see was if manslaughter. it's murder. We'll see it if it had such a weak skull. Yeah, if he's got a good lawyer, it won't be murder. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so yeah. Um, Daredevil's been arrested, and now the whole big thing is because in previous Daredevil and other uh, co- uh, things in this universe, they've allowed costumed heroes to testify as the heroes without revealing their identity so now they've found a loophole where he could be arrested the same way yeah i I love that they use like a supreme court precedent Mm -hmm. like the way that you would in the court of law to to like allow that to happen so they they he like they went they go to fingerprint him he's like no he can keep the gloves on that'll tie him to the secret identity so like people are getting pissed off about that so like He's kind of going through this whole thing, and we kind of get Fisk back, and he's kind of using this as an opportunity to kind of grandstand a little bit, especially against his fucking nemesis, Daredevil. So, like, he's taking this opportunity. They kind of want to throw the book at Daredevil um, because he's kind of pissed off the the DA just because he thinks it's all bullshit, but... Well, also, he he revealed himself to just the DA. Like, the DA was like, cool, I'll let you do this. As long as you just tell me, I, you know, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll play, play ball. Yeah. And then he reveals himself. It's just like, you fucking work for me, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, if this ever comes out, like every single case you've ever been on is thrown out. Like, I fucking hate you. So yeah, the DA is on a, it's got a bit of a vendetta now. Well, if, if he gets convicted, doesn't he get convicted as Daredevil though? Not as yes. Matt Murdock? Yep. Correct. And then how do you correct. serve a sentence that way? With a mask on the whole time. Fuck that, yeah, dude. I could barely make it a half hour just hanging out at the comic shop with a mask on. I couldn't do well, it's cool. A... His mouth's not covered, just his eyes. He's fine. God forbid if he got COVID in, if, if, if yeah, like, COVID to, happened in the middle of He has to wear a just... mask over the dirto. He has to wear... <laughs> He'd be like bandage man. Full facial coverage all the time. Like Larry Trainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd be fucking negative, man. Um. So... As Daredevil's trying to, Foggy's just being Foggy. He's the best. He's doing his thing, just being a really good lawyer uh, yeah, and, and friend. Ba- as basically, usual. like the DA is is pushing for like first degree murder or second degree murder. And, first uh, degree, yeah, yeah. And and Foggy's like, great, that's fantastic because then they have to prove that it was premeditated or that it was like they purposeful. Proven, they have to prove intent. Yeah, intent. He's yeah. Like, oh, so we're like, good now. <laughs> yeah, if they went for manslaughter, then you would be yeah. guilty. But like, cool, we could probably be kind of the. B story because Daredevil's um I don't know uh, what's the word a fucking idiot um I don't know if you've read Daredevil he just goes out and beat is just he gets out on bail and then just goes and just is Daredevil again and just beating people up it's like what the fuck is wrong with you well because he wants to like get things straight before he he's goes away dumb, so he's just so, trying yeah. to knock as many skulls as he can and that's before, before he to get up. things straight instead of calling up T'Challa to or and or um Danny Rand he calls he calls up Tony Stark this time but hey man. <laughs> <laughs> can you keep an eye on this shit for me? No, um, not, not only can you keep an eye oh, on it, can there. you buy it? Yeah, I was getting yeah. So, Wait, can the you whole just cru- buy Hell's Kitchen while I'm in jail? That's what he asked them. He basically because these other billionaires that Fisk was working for bought it and was going to price gouge it and displaced all these people. He's basically telling Tony, "Buy Hell's Kitchen. I don't fucking care how much it costs. Buy it. 
let people live there basically free. And then when the time comes and we get back on our feet, you sell their property back to them for basically free. And he's like, so you want me to throw, spend billions of dollars to help these people? And he, yeah. And he's Matt like, Murdoch yes, I do. A, That's exactly what he's I want. Like, yes, to do. I do. You can actually do some good. You can save the planet, but I want to save the people. And kind of like he throws a good jab at Tony Stark. He's like, you called me street level. I just, I'm people level. Instead like of being you, on you're a thinking too level. macro. I want you to think yeah. micro and save actual people in a shitty situation. Use your billions for good. Exactly. For once. Yeah. So it's a very Jeff and that Bezos. ties in. Yeah, and that ties into our conversation. He's more of an Elon week. Musk, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's yeah, like an he's, amalgamation of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so Tony kind of mulls on it. We don't know if he's going to do anything like that. Um, kind of in tandem to that, we see Fisk and Typhoid Mary uh, teaming up. So that's never good. But at the very end, basically, Foggy's like, I need some fucking, I need some fucking help with this case, um, especially because Matt, again, I don't know if you've ever read Daredevil, he's an idiot when it comes to anything <laughs> that is actually good for him. And so if it's good for him, he will not do it. Um, so Foggy's like, all right, I need some help and calls in uh, Kirsten McDuffie, which I believe was his girlfriend in the Wade run when he moved to the west coast right correct yes. in san francisco cool. yes which is an awesome run if you haven't read it the wade run is great and we haven't seen this character in a really long time but i think but since then she doesn't know that daredevil's matt murdoch anymore because of all the thing the purple I'm not even children sure did right if she knows that they dated because like there's a, been oh, a lot a good, of oh, like forgetting the purple man thing yeah, uh, yeah. did they get mephistoed they got purple man purple they got purple man yeah, yeah but he, uh-huh. yeah. so she might remember dating Matt, Matt Murdock. Murdock. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what... I think but not they, Daredevil. I think what they did with Purple Man was like, he erased... The, the kids erased everyone knowing that Matt Murdock was Daredevil except for when he chose Foggy. So we're back to that, basically. So I think that Matt Murdock... Because that's why Elektra knew, like, you like knew Daredevil and also knew Matt Murdock but didn't know that they were the same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a cool little thing and it's a... This is a great character to bring back. Um... She was really good in the Wade run, um, so I'm I'm excited to have this character back now. And I can't say enough about this book. We talked about the annual. I love it. This book is so, so good. It's so good. Chip's doing a really our our, our boy Chippy Z, um, killing it on Daredevil. Um, I get real real very close to Billionaire Island vibes with this, and the way that he is, especially like- with this run with with the the, the Strowman and like Fisk and now the Stromwins yeah. the Stromwins yeah sorry and then the way Daredevil's now approaching the problems instead of just beating things up he's thinking about it on a much he's thinking one step up and how he can have it trickle down for which it's kind of the same thing that um that um Matthew Rosenberg did in the latest Hawkeye run that he did where it's just like criminals are using their money how do I affect their money like how do I I use that bigger than punching people in the face and actually save people from like like capitalist violence like how do I prevent like like poverty violence and take their money to To help the people that the crime is hurting, like well, and and to prevent crime in the first place. If you take away poverty, you take away majority of crime because it's just necessity crime. And that seems to be the pitch that Daredevil or Batman is giving to Stark. It's like, yeah, just like like, let's stop gentrification because it's destroying my my home. So just do (laughs) that. I like how Tony Stark's like, "You want me to do that?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." 
you can you're going do good. to just do it's the good. right thing you're, to do you're supposed to be a good guy just do good this will do good like it's not that hard yeah <laughs> you have billions it won't hurt your bottom line to use yeah. a couple as you're walking billion. around in a suit that costs an untold fortune like <laughs> oh and there's also a little hint that he's like uh while i'm at it you need an upgrade because i kind of you kind of look like you need an upgrade because he's literally just wearing like you know tattered like yeah, he kind of offers like, to hand make wraps him and a, stuff a suit which would be fucking a daredevil iron <laughs> oh, kind of seems like that oh. might happen so we'll if, see. if he Holy gets shit. like a uh, a homecoming daredevil costume that yeah. would be awesome That'd be well they kind sick. of like almost tease it a little bit on the cover too because it's like a it's like a daredevil iron man mask it's got like horns on it on the on the actual cover so yeah that's a cool that would be that would be fucking cool because mm-hmm. that's what you need to pop and down in front of you it's like gonna be like batman nightfall you just have a literal robot punching machine coming out of fucking nowhere it'd <laughs> <laughs> be horrifying but this is a, such a good good run of daredevil um this issue did not have magic the last one did so it counts <laughs> what what <laughs> the annual had magic in it it made his fake his alter ego a real know, person that is that's true. not this issue i know it's last issue <laughs> again i love how rj can string together a full conversation about detective chimp and upside down man but weird logic gets him every time i love it (laughs) yeah i I love i love the hills you decide to die on rj (laughs) they're mine (laughs) they're my hills god damn it (laughs) all right guys uh we'll pause here and then we'll have another episode just for x of swords right Swords! <laughs> Fucking swords! Was there swords in this book? Ten of Swords, creation number one by Jonathan Hickman, Teeny Howard, Pepe Larraz, and Marte Garcia. Holy shit, you guys. Uh, it's finally here. It's fucking amazing. Uh, that's all I have to say. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. There's a lot of words in this book. <laughs> a lot of, as as a lot Jerry of Duggan put stuff. it, uh, more like... Ten of words. <laughs> there's it. more than ten words in it, though. There's a lot. Dude, there's there's so a lot many more words. than. There's a, there's pages like and pages of them. Oh, this is like man. almost a regular ass book. There's so many words. Oh man. So yeah. So the uh, yeah, someone Araco Araco is open. <laughs> the gate is open. The external gate is open. Araco is marching into other world. And they are fucking shit up. They're fucking shit up. It looks like fucking Lord of the Rings down there. <laughs> Dude, it does. And yeah. the the Starlight Citadel where uh Lady Opal Saturnine whatever the hell her name is. She's um, pretty badass in this, by the way. She's so fucking badass awesome. in this. Start to finish, holy shit. Um so yeah, so she's up in this uh, Starlight Citadel con- you know, protecting the nexus of realities up there. And uh yeah, so it start, starts know. with Introducing us to um, Apocalypse's first four horsemen, who are his yeah, sons, they're and who so who badass. Out later are yeah, um, his, yeah. his children. Yeah. Yep, and uh, they're raging war on other world by taking down this fish people kingdom. Yeah, that's where they start, um, and they just and uh, this book they, gets so weird. They like. I was also I was very happy that there is a map. Yeah, very helpful. The the the, yeah. the data pages are crucial in this issue. Yeah, so then they shoot down sure this guy on a he's on a horse, flying horse, and oh, uh, that was cool. Uh, a flying horse. Saturnine takes you mean gets the, the body and is like, well, that's not the good. Pterodactyl is that is that what you mean by flying sure. horse? Yeah. 
Whatever. Yeah, it's that reptilian flying <laughs> it's a, horse. It's a flying thing. But the flying fish. Beast. That's a that, fish yeah. rides. Yeah, the reptile. That's horse. a fish man rides. <laughs> Come on. But yeah, really splitting they, they hairs here. So so Saturnine um, is looks at the looks at the thing that murdered him and was like, oh, that's that's not good. That's the scepter of Jiraiya. Yeah, she, whatever. She knows exactly what it yeah. is. She's like. Mm, um, I need instantly. the tar- I need the tarot cards, and it's also like he's he's dying of a deadly disease. Like everyone that tries to help him is already dead. Like so, it's like plague was clearly the one that the pestilence yeah, or whatever was yeah. the one that shot that shot him. I also like this like ninety four Fleer Ultra pack of tarot cards that she has. <laughs> oh, so good. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So basically, she says like, "Oh shit, shit's going down. I think I need to, to read the tarot." So she gets her crew of buddies to go to the Lovecraft dimension <laughs> and pull out of a fucking elder god that has the fucking tarot cards yeah, that... hidden within it. Oh, that was what happened. Okay, cool. That makes a lot more sense now. Thank you. Yeah, I got like, lost yeah, on that too, welcome. Sean. I wasn't sure that's what was happening. Yeah, no, it's 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 the, that's actually the awesome. tarot deck that's to fun. end all tarot decks because it's hidden inside an elder god in some kind of... I just also want to say there's so much like sigil magic in, so here in here too. There's so much tarot. There's so much sigil magic. There's like, it's just... it's just ah. That's Teeny Howard, okay, so yeah. man. That's her yeah, all over man. this. Yeah. This is the year of the witch, my friend. Season of the witch. So, so then... watch that. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, uh, Saturnine does a uh, tarot reading and uh, the first card she pulls is Judgment. This is also the... Um, free the comic book day thing. But the free comic book day preview. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit more descriptive and a little bit more, uh, you know... Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Judgment is a death of death and a new way forward. Uh, the witch we bring back their own dead now. We have considered what else from the past awakens this earth. Uh, what rises to face those who call themselves immortal? There's the, uh, the four... Of wands, uh, that's basically the. I'm not gonna read. The I, I, like thing. The, uh, I like the. I like the medium. Not it's not a medium change. The it's kind of a format change, but it's like I don't know. It's it's like it's like all right. Here's a storybook kind of because like the yeah, yeah totally yeah because it's like her. You see the panel of her actually it's, it's right really and cool. most reading of the, the tarot right and most format. of the page is the tarot card. Yeah. So you're like yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It, sorry. No, it's okay. It's a straight up tarot reading. Yeah, it's it, 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 yeah, and the four of wands is basically saying the family that has been fighting for. I, I don't think we need to read through all one final. I don't. Battle. I don't think. I'm just saying, like, yeah, if if, if you yeah. if you want Casey to to read your tarot cards, give to our <laughs> Patreon. Uh, we'll have a, a new Patreon <laughs> level for that. Well, the last one, I don't know if you guys knew this. Well, it's, I'm gonna read. It's, so, so it's the it's the four of wands is the four horsemen. The hanged man is uh, apocalypse, and the and the. Uh, called arms, the cavalry, if you will. Yep. And uh, the eight of cups is Genesis. And or possibly another character. I think it's both. Maybe Genesis, it's both Genesis. Cool ass mask. Like cables. It's not because yeah. it's cables. And sun. <laughs> I like how you're you're willing to go down no. that rabbit hole and then pulled out. Like no, no, not <laughs> well, because I don't want to yeah, actually no. make Casey think it's <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> but then the last card is the Ten of Swords, and it is the it is all of the X Men and all of the swords. And a bunch it's of X Men we don't know who they are that also still have swords. When she when she pulled the Ten of Swords card out, and I whispered out loud, she said it. <laughs> that's it. That's the Ten of Swords. That's the name of this book. That's the name. That's the name of the crossover. <laughs> I like the data the data page after this, kind of talking about how this some something's up. 
every the, single person that that read a tarot reading got the, got the exact yeah, same five so cards cool. in the they, same order. And they used tarot. She's such a great character. I thought it was really. Cool. <laughs> of course, I, I'm surprised she's not a bigger part of this. I feel like she, she's yeah, kind of. I don't know. It's... Get her in here, man. <laughs> I liked how they equate. It's like it's finding out that you pulled the same hands, a hand of poker three times in a row, and then also finding out your cousin did the yeah, same thing. It's that's like, how yeah, like, like inconceivably impossible it is. Yeah, it's like a, such a cool way yeah. to like. And she's like, "This feels really fucking dark." I guess whoever needs to know this reading, I hope they, is, this this. I hope them. they get it. Yeah, because yeah. Some, <laughs> something is happening, and it's. Big. I hope this email yeah. finds you well. <laughs> and then, because she has her own, there's like her own interpretation out of as well as well in the data page, which I thought was cool. Yeah, exactly. Which is a little bit different, not necessarily different, but like a little bit more maybe in depth about what's kind of yeah, going. Yeah, a little bit. Meatier, the pages yeah. are so cool. Like I kind of was touching on it but like i felt like a th- it's kind of like a 3d movie where it's like you're you're watching this whole huge thing happen and you're really captivated but then this part happens where someone opens a book and it's like gives you the book to read like the tarot yeah, cards are yeah. like right in your face and like this whole book i felt like i was sitting like front row in an imax film and just like also if x-men doesn't make a like branded tarot deck yeah. If that's not like out Fleer yet, Ultra like, needs I'm, to make this. Like, I'm very doing? mad if it doesn't. Or Tops or whoever's like... making collectible cards nowadays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like this needs to exist, and I will buy it. <laughs> doesn't okay, doesn't so Becky Cloonan have a yeah. set of tarot cards? Yes. Yeah, they're on my shelf right here. Nice. <laughs> she just put out an Oracle deck. That's my next step. That's awesome. <laughs> um, then it cuts back to now. Well, I guess it's still now. Um, it's and it's the summoner and Banshee coming back from the gate after uh, X Men does... Twelve. After X Men Twelve, yep. And it yep. does not appear to have gone. Well, well. no, Banshee yeah. is just fucked up, and Unis is up. not. And there. they're Unis... missing, and they're missing a guy. Yeah, Unis, yeah, Unis got <laughs> kidnapped. They're also they're also writing an Elder God. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's not good. Um, and yeah, basically they go back to the Quiet Console and explain what the fuck is up, and this they. This shit was so good. Apocalypse basically saying, I did it. It's like, well, you shouldn't have. It's like, well, if Krakoa didn't want me to, I wouldn't have been able to. And Krakoa's like, yeah. And then yeah. they're like, we got to shut it down immediately. And Krakoa's like, no. Nope. No, you're not. You got to oh, get Arako. So I miss Arako. And then they just kind of turn to Apocalypse. And they're like, you fucking knew this would happen, didn't you? And he's like, yup. Krakoa like, put him in <laughs> their did. place a little bit. It was like, oh, as absolutely. much as you're. As much as you've grown in power, you're still using me as a. Yeah, you're still a guest. Yeah, yeah on I can me. kick you exactly. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he reminded everyone who's in charge. Yep. I yep. like Doug's and reaction because kind of... he's the one that can talk to Ko. He's like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. Yeah, he's serious. I kind of like to RJ's point, like the one panel with uh, the page where Apocalypse is showing, like, showing him making the gate. He's like looming over the entire page. Like he's like. In- taken over like the carol cards did it's like it made it very cinematic like you, you very. were saying it's it's yeah. really cool yeah then we yeah, kind of find out what happened um they got they got fucked up by this army um and they narrowly escaped uh the summoner and all them but then they kind of like you said apocalypse is like yeah i knew this would happen he's like well this isn't endorsed by the quiet council he's like that's fine i'll ask for volunteers <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't I don't need you either. I can make my own X-Force. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously he gets a... 
he gets a lot of, lot of volunteers. We have uh, Havoc, right? Um, Havoc, Polaris, uh, Polaris, Siren, um, Beast, Beast, Archangel, and Manet. Yeah. And then they all good ha- team. And they all have their own reasons why I kind of like Monet was just like, there, yeah, I there's this too. great conversation <laughs> that Apocalypse has with Warren where, yeah, that cause was like cool. Warren was transformed into Archangel, arguably, um, like one of the most famous transformations in X-Men history, um, taking this, you know, like pure kind of innocent character and turning him completely evil. That's something that he's battled with for decades and decades. And uh, kind of, they they really talk to he like his conversation with Michael is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah, like, like like it's you good just to see you this way. Yeah, you just you just don't even know what the fuck you do to other people, and everything you do you think is righteous, and and it's just like yeah, it's like you you have to own you have to atone for your sins, and and uh, and Apocalypse is like, well, it can't be called a sin if it's righteous work, and he's like, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, you just you just have no fucking idea when to stop, do you? <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then we um, so they go through so they they go through the gate, and this was a you, uh, apocalypse starts crying. Granddaddy sheds a tear. Daddy. Grandpappy pop popalypse. Daddy popalypse. These are his kids. Daddy grandpocalypse. Um, <laughs> Grandpa. He goes up, and it, so in between, so the, we have like a back and forth. So he, nice. That's pretty good. Uh, he's going to talk to the ki- the the four horsemen, his children, and in between, Rachel and Nathan are kind of reading Banshee's mind to see what happened, and we find out. As we're doing this, he's talking. He's like, "Oh, you know, it's there." The I love the kids. Like, he's like, you know, he's kneeling. It's like, "Sorry, what can I do?" And he's like, "Stand, remember how we remember you as a titan, as a god." I thought that was a fucking yeah, it was really badass. And and he like he's 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 he sheds a tear because he like legitimately didn't know that they were still alive. And he's like, "I'm so sorry. What what have I missed?" And they basically (laughs) say like, "Ultimate deadbeat dad," you know? Yeah, man. He pretty much pretty much says like, "We didn't survive eons in this world of battle." my love and the next page is his welcome home one of the kids and summoner (laughs) stabbing him and siren just screaming but like at the same time rachel and nathan are reading banshee's mind and find out that the summoner this whole time has been fucking playing him to get him here so they could yeah right exactly he's been creepy (laughs) as fuck this entire time (laughs) so He's cut, been... cut back to uh, issue twelve, where there's like there's a really good panel where uh, he's like, "Grandpa, would you like to play a game?" And yeah. he's like, "Do I look like a player of games?" He's like, "Yes, you absolutely do." He's <laughs> like, oh, "That's so fucking good." Do I look like I play games? <laughs> so and he's like, "Yes." Yeah. He's got this like really creepy smile, and he's like, "Uh huh, you do. You're playing a big. You're playing four D chess, but I'm one step ahead of you." And then as Banshee and Oh, as they're reading Banshee's mind, Opal Saturnine hops into the memory and basically gives them instructions like, "This is what you need to win. You have to go find this." And they're like, "Wait, what the fuck just happened?" <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold the fuck. Hold the fuck up. <laughs> how the fuck are you here? And how did you just tell me that? Um, I, and like the, her whole attitude, like when her like ex- number two comes in, he's like, "Aren't you worried about the army?" like, "I'm doing." They're fine. They're down Yo. there. I got. Some, I'm taking care of this Holy shit. Holy shit! That's she that part. Okay, so 
Yeah. Yeah, she literally snaps her fingers. She's in the middle of the battlefield and it's entirely frozen. Like, holy shit, it's so good. Yeah, like, this she, is after she steps Summoner, between. Uh, starts fucking people up. Oh, yeah. But she, but she literally Poor steps Rachel. between, like, death and Monet. And she's like, can you unfreeze me? And she's like, no, I need to figure out uh, what to do with you children because you clearly can't handle. It's <laughs> like, you're messing up. And then my she kind of just lays down not... the framework for, I guess, the event because we're doing a fucking tournament arc. Yeah, they're doing a yep. straight up DBZ style <laughs> tournament. I'm fucking stoked. Oh my god. It's gonna god. be awesome. I'm so glad you're yeah, with look us. Yeah, at Sean, Sean getting excited Thank about you. X-Men. Well, they made it's X-Men DBZ. Like, how am I not gonna point. be hype about that shit? I, we we like, need oh that. God. There's no reason for it to be settled that way. Like it's fucking dumb, but it's amazing. Yeah, we need exactly. that we got him button from last week tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We got <laughs> dumb, dumb but amazing is literally everything that we've been talking about. Yeah. I like in tandem of this, uh, like, it's really cool. They do a really good job of pacing it and splicing all the battle scenes and stuff. And what Saturnine's doing with uh, Nathan and Rachel, like, popping through, going through the portals, going to. Yeah. They're like, the Dad, we got to find mom and dad. We got to go get We got to go find mom. We saw this thing. We got to do this thing. We got to oh, find this yeah, thing. Um, Can you just see what I saw? Like, the way they did that text was yeah, really cool. Yeah, Cable unpacking everything that just happened in one word was really fucking. <laughs> <weird. laughs> yeah. So uh, they have Gene, they share, and then Scott was like, not only do I know what that is, I know where it is. <laughs> Let's roll. Yeah, if you need a recap of the whole issue, just read that one panel with cable explaining <laughs> yeah it, it's like it's like the one bubble yeah it's perfect um <laughs> i also like as saturn's saturnine setting up this duel she turns the anubis character into this tiny little pop doll little looking little fucking thing she makes him a chibi <laughs> he's like she's like you're in my house all right i don't care how badass you think you are but this is my house <laughs> i thought it was it's, really it's great cool. because like you see the magic like swirl around him but mm-hmm. it's not entirely clear what she did until the next panel and she's like leaning down at yeah. him <laughs> <laughs> he's adorable by the but way but his head is still the same size he's a little chibi <laughs> it's, it's a little funko pop no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so then it goes back to uh, uh, Summer's family investigating. And finding and a way to activate. They find a ball. They activate, thing, yeah. With, it's, with cables, with, the, with Nathan's sword. With the sword. sword it's all about the sword. We, we, we've been talking about in cable. Yeah, because they're like, we need, we need some kind of like infinite power source. Where the hell are we going to find that? Uh, well, I just kinda, nuked like, a bunch of robots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fucked over a whole bunch of robots with <laughs> yeah. this sword. I, I, I promised I, I, not to go back ex- home, but uh, you know what? I extinguished Mur- a dying species to get this sword. <laughs> I told those suckers they were going to go home <laughs> to their planet, and then I blew them up for this I sword. Nuked Here we go. In the goddamn yeah. that, that, that's one way to get back at IDW for getting the, uh, the rights to <laughs> Yo, ROM. Set. Yeah, seriously. Can't have ROM. So Fuck you, Space mur- Knights. Fuck all the Space Knights. Oh, you got ROM? We're just going to blow their fucking planet up. <laughs> Uh, so this, they put it in the power source, and then it activates and powers up the sword orbital station. Oh my god! So the last fucking chills, the way that they, they set up this last couple panels, it's, it's Saturnine. Reveal. She's like, you step into the arena, knowing full measure of what you're fighting for. You face your enemy, who wants nothing less than your total annihilation. You look in the eye, you steady yourself, and then, and then... You raise your sword, and then it's the fucking whole battle station. The sword fucking 
like helicarrier, whatever the fuck it's called. This is just straight the death. The, the star destroyer. Yeah, I was waiting. F- I was waiting for the page like tune in next time on uh, Ten of Swords. Like this is just straight fucking Saturday morning cartoon shit. Oh yeah, and it's great. It's fucking oh my awesome. Yeah, like it's it's got that vibe. This is like this is bigger. This is like bigger than fucking in game level. Well, I mean, yeah, it's good. There it is. Hot boom. Not only because it ruined RJ's day today. It's more a movie than Endgame is. Yeah, it really is. It's so fucking cinematic. It's so big. And yeah, like we've spent, what, 20 minutes talking about it? Barely scratched the surface of how incredible that fucking book is. And we've spent a year of this show getting here. Like, I I put out a Facebook post and I kind of talked about this to a few people, but I like this. I almost like this automatically more than uh, House and Powers just because... House and Powers feels House and Powers was really huge, very very good and but it was also very necessary. It had so much work to do because the status quo that it wanted to upheave was so tangled. So it had so much heavy lifting that I felt like I almost couldn't enjoy it just because I was speculating and like um worried right, that we were going to fuck worried, it up. Uh, I was just worried about like where things were going to go. Cause uh, like no one, no one was sure. There was like all these theories and everything. So like, and then also when it ended, there was also a bunch of questions, which they've slowly been getting to. So I feel like this book, this more than anything, is the actual fruit of the labor of the new Krakoa era. This, yeah, like right. you, you described it to me perfectly, where you said like the uh, House of X and Powers of Ten is like the roots. And we're finally getting to like the tree trunk. Like this yeah. is like where it can branch out and really be. Yeah, we finished yeah, our homework. Now we world. get to watch cartoons. Th- this exactly, feels yeah. like also to know that like th- this is whole, the whole line wide. Almost every book in the era right now is amazing. We've talked about all of them. Um, and to know that they've all collaborated and been working on this event together and that it's so cohesive to that extent yeah. makes it so exciting because not only is this issue great but like it's just sets up such an amazing story like i can't i can't wait yeah, it's gonna honestly, be fantastic yeah, this bo- props to jordan white for holding this team together the way he has yeah, and, and and Hickman for being the head of X and like, like this, it's yeah. it's honestly it's the most impressive bullpen of creators yeah. I've ever seen in like in one place. Like, there's not one book that like I, I've been telling everyone like there's varying levels of like strengths in these books and like a lot of it depends on your personal taste, but they are all objectively yeah. good, at least there, if not fantastic, you know. Good. And let's the, not they, do that. But they they all fit together <laughs> well, like. You can yeah, tell exactly. that there is a cohesive um, approach to these books. Like you said, they yeah. fit together. They they go together. I think that's why they complement each other. Because yeah. like yeah, like you can you tell that like... they're working together to build this universe with with Hickman and everything and all together. Because like I don't think you can do a story because this story is building on every book that we've read that came out of Hoxpox. Like, you can't do it without the way they've been doing it. Yeah. And like, it's, God it's forbid really if you cool. missed Cable and you're like, where the fuck did that sort of <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's an integral part of the story. It's like, yeah, it's like, what the fuck was that? It's like, that's. And it, it's even pulling from uh, Empire because the right. uh, we didn't talk about Empire Aftermath, but the, the big reveal at the end of that is spoiler sword. Right. Uh, there's like a like the last page is like this like teaser that that's the sword is coming back. Also, for like 
people that might not know, Sword is a previous team. It's Space Shield. It's got it's, Space Shield. It's literally it's, Shield in charge of extraplanetary um Perfect. Crime. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> But now it's it's never been an X Men book and now it is going to be, so that's fascinating. I want a t shirt well, with that sword. It was an X Men book when Abby mm. dated Beast. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like it's it's always it's always had mutants in it, but it's never been a X title and then uh when you know, yesterday Wednesday when this came out there was also a um a solicit for the actual sword title that is going to be spinning out in December after Ten of Swords is over. Um, so it will be in the pantheon of that bullpen. Yeah. Like it'll be yeah. that, that's that's the um, Al Ewing Valerio Shidi X book that they've been kind of teasing. That's I made the exist, joke so. that there's cool. that there's more future teases for X books that are coming out than there are current X books, and I don't understand how that's even possible. Which is which is which is impressive because there's already eleven yeah. X books. Like every 11? week, I see a solicit for like an upcoming X book. I'm like, that's going to be my whole life, and it's like, wait, no, 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 that's going to be my whole life. <laughs> X Men is your life now. <laughs> but yeah, like the the X we team is almost X-Men. like their own publishing company within a publishing company. Yeah, they're their own whole universe almost, especially now with this yep. and with this event, like. It's this is this is chapter one of twenty two. Yeah, I I saw so. that on the cover and I went fucking twenty two. Are you kidding? I didn't want to read Empire because it was because... six issues. Well, okay. So number one, You're there's only most three. Of know, it's already yeah. There's only three. three. There's only three one shots that are ex- extraneous from the actual crossover well, issues. The, the crossover the issues are books right? you were right. already yeah. reading. Yeah. So, so... I, I can't <laughs> wait to really get into this whole fucking thing with you guys. This is gonna be great. Strap in, Sean. And I know I we've said it on the show. Can't, can't I know we said it on the show before, but 22 matches the number of cards in the Grand Arcana of Tarot. So that's purposeful also. Uh, nice. Yeah. This, cool. Yeah. I, I Very blown magical. away by this book. I knew I would be, but uh, here I am being shocked that I'm blown away by this book. Very magical week. Oh, my yeah, th- th- this week ha- has a cool <laughs> cohesion about it. Like, like, we talked about a lot of witchy stuff, and we've talked about a lot of X-Men stuff throughout this year. And it all just kind of collided today. This is yeah, sure did. This is a lot of fun. It's a big happy equinox. Yeah, everyone. this could be a yeah. You know, it's I'm, almost like things are just perfect. It's fucking balanced. spooky season. We made it. We did it. Spooky we survived season. the summer, yes. and now we get to have pumpkins and skeletons and shit. Perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we get it. We got here. We got through these books. Yeah. What's coming out today? Uh, well, we'll just throw it out there. Part two, X Factor number four, part two of Ten of Swords. We'll yep, start that's actually there. the only X book out uh, this week. It's gonna so be so big. Cool. Yep. Um, more, more, more magic. Uh, John Constantine Hellblazer. Oh my god. Uh, number ten and the first volume. So if you've been trade waiting, Ooh. definitely go buy that. Go buy that and convince DC that they were fucking stupid for canceling yeah. it. Uh, that's a great way to convince them. Especially that they if he dies in the decision. main universe. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's true. Yeah, go throw eggs at the house of whoever made that decision. <laughs> oh my god, Adam! What I if will it's you? buy you those eggs. Adam, what if it's you, Jim? What if Lee. it turns out to be you? Oh my god, I don't remember canceling Hellblazer. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna sh- um, there, there's also uh, Batman three uh, to go back on track. There's a giant size X Men tribute. Uh, the so that sounds so be cool. I actually have a weird note about that. I don't know why it's in the reading order, but the like when they did the Days of Future Past reprisal, it wasn't. So I don't know what is going on with that. I don't actually know if there's like new content in there or not. I don't or if know. It's just like splash pages. I have regardless, no I'm, I'm buying that Trad more to... cover. That's what I was about to say. The Trad more cover is sick. <laughs> Uh, record-breaking oh, Spawn Christ. 310. <laughs> I love it. Um, some Dark Knights. Record-breaking Batman 3 Jokers. Yeah, a couple two. Batman Joker books uh, coming out. <laughs> Strange Academy number three. We, Department of Truth. Oh, that was uh, good. Some more James, James Tynan. I'm looking yeah, forward that to that. Fantastic. Sea of Stars again, which is awesome. Um, what else we got? Oh, Shang-Chi oh, number Goosebumps one. book? Oh, oh Shang- yeah, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi There's all- Goosebumps. Oh. All right, I'm in. I'm excited for Shang-Chi. Yeah. That Texas Blood alienated at number six. I think that's the last issue of that. It is. You're correct. Ooh, that other Lock and Key miniseries, John is out. I'm, ex- I'm going to read that. Mm-hmm. Love me some Lock and Key. Ludocrats wraps up. Oh, Adam, X-Ray Robot. Oh, fuck, yeah. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> to talk about that book. Because yeah, the fr- so issue <laughs> one came out while we were on hiatus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to remember well, what the hell happened in issue one. Yeah, you're gonna have to dig that up because <laughs> it was a confusing mess. Uh, because it's been forever <laughs> since I read anything from the Mad Maniverse. This is gonna be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. Yeah, it looks like a pretty pretty good week. I'm sure we'll be talking. Mm-hmm. You know, Strange Academy, more magic. Said yeah, uh, I don't know if we'll get to X Factor. It's like I don't know. We, we there's a lot of but I don't know if we'll have a chance to talk about X Factor though. Uh-huh. So you know, we'll see. Look uh-huh. at you. You were on As board sh- like 10 seconds ago. I was I was just watching Casey's head explode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with me, Sean. I just want the... Uh, yeah, just give me the tournament fight. I'm in. That's all it took <laughs> was that. some complicated I'll tournament read. to bring you in. It, it just had to become no, sports for you, didn't just it? Just had, it just had to be Mortal Kombat. It's the stupidest it? trope, and it works in like so many animes, it's, and it's great. fucking great. Especially yeah. when it's cooking ev- animes. Because everyone's like, "Yeah, pick your five champions, uh, whoever, and we'll and we'll fight, and we just we'll just honor that result." And this should we do a March Madness? Have you seen for this? Enter the Dragon? Oh my God, we should do a. March we need Madness. brackets and all the shit. Oh, as soon as we know who the people are, we should absolutely. They, no, they say do it. That. They say it in the thing. Uh, there's there's a there's a panel that has like uh, I want to say pestilence. I don't know. It's the one that looks like Xavier with the with the bandages over his eyes and uh, Lady Saturnine, and and they they're they're naming their fighters. So we just gotta like do the math and figure out who's who because they they just named she names the swords instead of the mutants. That's um, so there's yeah there's gonna be five on each side. Well, we'll find out probably next issue and we can easily make a bracket. I think it's ten on each side. We should. Yeah. We, oh, all right, ne- next next episode, we should um, we should put our, our money where our mouths are, and we should pick. And brackets. See who the champion's going to be. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and we'll see who the champ. Yeah, we could put a guess on who the champion. Yeah, we'll get like mm-hmm. a championship belt. We'll do. We'll do the whole thing. Yeah, I'm in. Hell I can't yeah. wait to design an X Men championship belt. This is going to be fucking awesome. Winner gets the intro. <laughs> Oh you wow! Intro, man. Wow! You couldn't just let me have it back. You you gotta. I was just. You know what? I'll you, tell you what. You what, 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 you, like, you do... what if me or RJ accidentally? He's gonna take your house. Then... Oh, I want RJ to win that. <laughs> you can do the outro. I'll tell you. I'll, why don't you do the outro? Go ahead. That's so fun. Oh my god! <laughs> I love it. No one's... I love it. No.
No one hears the outro. <laughs> Are you saying no one? Everyone already shut it off. Who finishes podcasts? Oh my Come god! On, guys. <laughs> well, that's last week's comics. Oh. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Last Week's Comics. Um, give to our Patreon too. Uh, go to duelinggenre.com/support. You can support us. You can support a whole bunch of other cool podcasts. Um, you get a bunch of exclusive content. I think we're going to be doing uh, movie commentaries on Dueling Genre coming up soon. Uh, I, I think that's in the works. Um, check us out. Uh, go subscribe to all that stuff. Um, I don't have my script in front of me. What am I forgetting? Uh, dueling con- DuelingGenre.com slash merch. You can buy... Uh- one of one of our lovely listeners bought the face masks and wore it into the shop. That was sweet. fantastic. That was lovely. Yeah, cover to see. your face with our uh, logo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can buy shirts, logos, tapestries, yeah, whatever mugs. you like. Yeah, we got we uh, uh, hot beverage, thermal mugs, and free balloons for the kids. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so um, get out there, support your local comic shop any way you can. Uh, wear your mask in public. And, uh, you know, take care of each other. Uh, For myself, Casey, Sean, and RJ, this is Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody.